Hi. Hello. It's, I think, the 23rd episode of Passive Pixels, which means that that's a season. We're done. That's it's it. We Dorian, we hit a year. This is well, I mean, whatever. You got here late, but like, whatever. It's a year. It's a season. How do you feel? Well, you've got it labeled as twenty-two. I have it labeled as twenty-two. Oh well, well that's do. the thing. Remember, there's an episode zero. Oh right, yeah, you're right. So twenty-three. Yeah, no, you got it. You got it. That's right. Yeah. Uh, good. Cancel us. Thank God. I've been waiting for this. You know, there are some shows like the Clerks TV show lasted three episodes and then they canceled it. It's kind of shocking that no one has canceled this yet. But then again, I remember I'm the one holding the keys. So I think no one should take the blame except myself. That's a fair point. Plus, people actually have to watch to cancel, right? So or unless we're talking, well, it depends if you're talking about cancel culture or just like canceling because you suck. So you're telling me that I should probably go sexually assault someone and then maybe pass the pixels may leave. Yeah, pull a Deshaun Watson. <laughs> um, a co- context, I went to a Texans game today and um, you see, there's a reason why Passive Pixels is about movies and TV and not sports. Um, I don't really know what was going on. I asked for assistance and Dorian over here was like, hey, you're at the Texans game. You should support Deshaun Watson. And, uh, you know, uh, for a little bit, I was thinking, yeah, you know what? I think I should. And then I realized the stuff he did, and I went, hmm, do I support him harder because I just want to double down on on my mistakes and hopefully people ignore it, or should I roll it back? And honestly, I think I should double down on my mistakes. What do you think? I think that's always a good idea. (laughs) By the way, I should mention, I'm a huge sports fan. I just don't bring it up because Ed knows shit about it, but just assume that every week I have sports on my list, for football anyways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You see, I'm kind of disgusted. I mean, even right now, I'm actually still wearing a Texans jersey because I didn't really want to change the end. It's like, I, I got home. I'm probably going to shower again, get a really nice shower before I go to sleep. And I'm just going to keep this jersey on for now. So I apologize to everyone that you have to imagine me now wearing a Texans jersey. It's okay. The only reason I like them is because they give me free shit sometimes. Good on it. Go tech. Uh, no, actually, I'm not cheering for the Texans. Go Patriots. That's okay. Fuck off. Look, I don't know. I You could tell me literally a name, and I'll believe that that's a football team. So I'm just going to assume Patriots are a thing. Uh, go, go the people in the shadow organization. Familiar Solid too. Yeah, good job. All right. <laughs> Let's go ahead for our lists. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read mine because mine's going to be really short. Uh, Voice of Cards. Holy shit, I played Voice of Cards? Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, Apocalypse Now. Drive. Blade Runner 1982. Casino Royale. Fucking again. Spider Bait, The Animatrix, Ghost in the Shell 1995, The Matrix Reloaded, The Matrix Revolutions, The Matrix Resurrections, and Licorice Pizza. Dorian, what's your list? All right. Strap in, folks. Uh, we got uh, for right. games, we've got uh, Trails in the Sky, uh, first yeah. chapter. I'm finally done. Holy shit. Uh, Halo Infinite. Then we've got uh, Succession. Uh, then we've got Spider Man Homecoming, Spider Man Far From Home, Spider Bait. Then we've oh, got You Were Never Really Here. Oh, hell yeah. Nightmare Alley, the 1947 edition, and then Nightmare Alley, the 2021 edition. Mm-hmm. Sicario, House, not the TV show with, uh, fuck, what's that guy's name? Hugh Laurie. Thank you. Uh, the 1977 weird-ass Japanese movie. Mm-hmm. Spirited Away, The Matrix, The Matrix Reloaded, The Matrix Revolutions, Joker, The Ref, It's a Wonderful Life, and Die Hard and Die Hard 2. Jesus, I didn't realize Die Hard 2 snuck in. Oh my god, this is going to be such a mess. Okay, um, you know what? Sh- the title of the episode is right there. It's Spider-Bait. Do we just start with Spider-Bait? Shall we begin our trip to the movies? Yeah, absolutely. I will say that uh, we usually start with the anime block, so I'm very fine just giving everything Marvel to anime. 
So okay. I'm fine with that. No, no, no. You see, you see, this is going to be a trip to the movies, right? Join me. Let's go ahead and you know, do you wait in line? Do you do online ticketing? What do you do? So I order through the app. Mm-hmm. I'll just Good order man. through the app, get my Good tickets uh, that way. That's the easiest way to do it, I find. Uh, and then I show up half an hour early to the movie theater. All right. Now, do you scan from your phone or do you still yes. like getting the ticket? Ah, you see, I like we getting can't. my ticket stub. Oh, you can't. We, don't, we can't in Canada. Yeah. Oh, that is such pain. I always yeah. order online. And even though I can scan the barcode to get through, I still go to the little kiosk. I put in my ticket confirmation number so I can get a ticket stub. Every single time I can't get that ticket stub, I get a little sad because yeah. I want my no, ticket stub. We used to have like a little, um, what do you call those things? Like a little machine that you could just go up and like enter your confirmation number in and it would spit out your ticket, but they got rid of them all. Like probably a few years ago. You see, the sad part is that I'm pretty sure since you get there like three days before the actual show time, you could probably wait in line <laughs> and grab the ticket. Yeah, you're not wrong. I definitely could. <laughs> all right, now, now we're in the theater, all right? Um, we, we have a 16-year-old that obviously doesn't care who on their tag says like their favorite movies like Transformers or Revenge of the Fall, and you're like, whatever, fine. Okay, you probably weren't even born for that, but I'm not going to question it. You go to the front. What snack are we choosing? You know, me popcorn. personally? Uh, yes. Popcorn. Right. This, is, this, yeah. is a, this is a popcorn-friendly podcast. All right. And Mac, I'm staring at you. Yourself. Yeah, I'm staring at you, Mac. This is a popcorn-friendly podcast. But yeah, usually just the popcorn and then and then a soda. Um, if There's a combo that gives you like a free digital rental and a mm. candy. So I'll sometimes get that too. I'll never eat the candy. I always take it home with me, but... You see, I'm going to go to the front. I'm going to ask for a small popcorn because I like being able to finish my stuff. I don't like leaving leftovers. I'm cheap, so I'm not going to get a drink. Get a small popcorn, drench it with butter as much as I can to a sickening degree. And um, that's only... You layer the butter? No, 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 no. Just just dunk, dunk, dunk. And I like, I kind of... I hope it gets even deeper into it. So, like, the top layer is just straight butter. Like, it's just literally a conduit for butter. I can respect that on a small, though, especially, too, because a small is not that big. So, if you're just getting butter and then you're drenching it, it'll probably make its way down to the middle anyways. I usually get a large because I take it home with me. So, you kind of got to do layered butter. It's all nothing at the middle and end. You see, you see, I'm in the mindset of trickle-down butter economics, okay? Uh, The ghost of Ronald Reagan compels me to want to put as much butter at the top and then hopes that the little kernels at the bottom can get it too all right you see so i get that now do you have a preference for your screen do you have a preference for just any kind of screen do you like your atmos do you like your imax blah 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 (laughs) unfortunately in canada again we're a little bit limited in options here we don't actually have uh dolby atmos theaters or anything like that communism Um, we have uh, we have like a kind of knockoff theater called uh, Ultimate AVX for Cineplex, mm-hmm. and I'm not quite sure the technical specific specifications of it. I know the speakers are better and it is louder, mm-hmm. and that any chance I do get a chance to go to that theater, I do go to that one because that one is a little bit better. In terms of IMAX, I'm kind of hit and miss. There's only one real mm-hmm. IMAX near me. The, the other one's a LIMAX. And I'll go for it for like movies that deserve it, like Dune or something like that. Mm-hmm. But for 99% of other movies, I'm not going to bother. Mm-hmm. You see, Dolby Atmos at this point. Give me my Dolby Theater or I won't show up. I'm sorry. Oh, well, actually, you know what? Unless you are a small indie movie where I need to show my support. So Licorice Pizza, here's my money. A24, here you go. The Green Knight, here you go. The Matrix Resurrections didn't have Dolby. I'm out. I'm sorry. Warner Brothers, whatever. I have HBO. 
fuck you guys. Why would, actually, no, not fuck you guys. Fuck Spider-Bait. But you see, this is, uh, we needed to set the scene with way too long of a walk to get there, all right? The Spider-Bait, all right? This is where Spider-Bait comes in. I did not watch Spider-Bait with a small popcorn. I did not drench this small popcorn that does not exist with butter. I had to get a drink. I did not watch it in Dolby Atmos. I did not watch it at even AMC, betraying all my stock that I have in them. By the way, yes, I probably should have mentioned this at some point. I have stock in AMC, so everything that I told you about going to watch in movies, exactly. You were putting money in my pocket. Thank you, puppies. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I went to an Edwards theater that is literally two minutes away from my house to watch spider bait. And first off, I forgot the terrible etiquette that most people have in movie theaters. Uh, the movie was over and I just saw so much popcorn and nachos and drinks just oh, sitting in the chairs. Terrible. And I was thinking, none of you fuckers come to the movies. You just come to catch another episode of the MCU. And I hate all of you. I can't stand any of you. Spider bait. I, I watched it in like their fake IMAX and, not gonna lie, I think I've been spoiled so much by Dolby Theaters because I could tell. That's the thing. Since I got my sound system, my ears have been way more sensitive about tuning and making sure that it's properly balanced and shit. So I could sit in that theater and I was thinking, okay, so this theater sucks. Like, they're not properly balancing these speakers. This is literally just, hey, turn the volume up. Hey, why is the front left louder than everything else? Why is the back left fuzzy? Who cares? Turn it up more. And I, I was actually appalled by this. So this is all just the technical stuff that I wanted to tell all of you. I I'm broken now. I'm broken. Give me Dolby theaters where it seems like things are properly balanced, or I'm not going to bother. Yeah, see, thankfully, I'm not like that at all. I still nope. value the theater experience. <laughs> you so. had your left ear deaf for like the last two weeks. Uh, yeah, it's it's better now, by the way. Um, <laughs> Good, I can make fun of it again. Shit. Exactly. Um, maybe it's a nostalgia play. I honestly don't know. But when I go into the theater and I sit down and, and I see the big giant ass screen and you get the loud volume, everything just seems like a hundred times better to me. And it always yeah, will. Like, no, it is. I could, I like, the, I think the only thing I could do is if I won the lottery and I built like a legitimate fucking theater, I'll help you. Like an actual fucking theater in my, uh, in my mansion or whatever, then maybe, hmm. maybe, but even then I'd want to hire some guy from like Cineplex to make my popcorn. I had to <laughs> replicate the experience Fuck and I'd make him wear the tag too, like the, like your favorite movie tag. And if the fucker didn't have like some Kino shit on there, he'd be fired. Fucking the next one. What you need to do is that you need to let anyone stay on for a week. And if they don't realize <laughs> that the tag is a bad choice, like it's like, what's your favorite one? It's like, I don't know, man, Thor, the dark world. It's like, you have one week. You have one week to put in your two weeks notice, or I am actually going to behead you. And I'm going to stuff you in one of our seats. Um, so, yeah. You see, I thought you were going to say you were going to hire someone to build the theater, not literally hire someone with, to wear the entire outfit and make popcorn. Oh, which, I mean, um, I'd hire somebody to build the theater, too. Okay. No, and that's fine. When, when they didn't work out, I would just take them over to my bowling alley. <laughs> oh. I, I need that movie to sneak out, and it's like, yeah, that's getting a 4K release next year. Just I hope so. <laughs> All right, so Spider-Bait. Um, yeah, so this is already me bitching about the entire experience. This is where I start bitching about the movie. Can I just not feel anything anymore? Do I just not like Tom Holland? Is there something broken in me? Am I just bitter now that 
no matter anything that touches the MCU, I just get really tired of, and he does nothing for me. Eh. I mean, I don't know. I, I think you're not wrong. To, like, okay, let, let me preface this. I really liked No Way Home, and I'll talk about the other two and kind of why I like this one more. But I, I think there's truths to what you say. Like, I think Tom Holland is not a good actor. And, um, and, I don't know about and, that. Well, I, okay, I haven't seen him in anything I've enjoyed, so I'll be—I'm sure I'll be proven I mean, wrong same. one day. What's that? No, I mean, same. I haven't seen him in oh, anything yeah. else. It's so, just more of like the kid isn't a bad actor. It's just yeah, that but, nothing about him makes me care. Yeah, I, I get that, and maybe there's something there. Maybe we'll get something out of him eventually. But like, I'll just say this: like going back to, and we'll talk about him in a bit. Oh, I well, yeah, no, this is fine. Um, Andrew Garfield was the Amazing Spider-Man for a bit. And when he was the amazing Spider-Man, you know, I cared like his movies were fucking terrible. Don't yes. get me wrong. They were garbage, but he was great in them. You could tell yeah. that Andrew Garfield had chops and that he was actually a really good actor. I haven't seen that out of Holland yet. Now, maybe it's there. No Way Home is by far his best go at it. But it, to me, he's just he's just always falling a little bit flat. That's the thing. Like out of the three, he's probably the second best actor because like Andrew Garfield is obviously bringing it hard. Toby Maguire <laughs> is just someone who you really like. I don't yeah. think he's doing that great of a job, but there's just something so endearing about Toby Maguire that you just kind of want to keep watching his movies. Don't worry. I'm not going to say the words uh, the that certain movie. I won't bring that up, but there's something about him that you just kind of <laughs> like, I want to see more of you. I hope you have good. I hope you have a good time. You know, raindrop people, you know, my, you, you know, just give me more of that. And we're good. Yeah. So yeah. I, I see. I wish Tom Holland gave me some of that emotion. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, okay, I feel like at this point, okay, do, do let's just get this out of the way because I'm pretty sure everything that we need to talk about this movie comes down to spoilers. So, uh, do I like this movie? No. Do I regret my time with it? Most likely, yes, because I was right. I could have just watched this movie out of clips from YouTube in like a couple of months from now, and I would have gotten probably the same exact amount of enjoyment. Uh, do I think that it is an indictment of the quality of the movie that I don't like it? No, because everyone still fucking loves this movie anyways. Dorian, what do you general things stuff? Yeah, I'm a lot higher on it. I think it's a very good movie, uh, but it's not good enough to get me back into the MCU. I still don't give a shit about that. I still have issues with it, but there's a lot of shit in it that makes me overcome those issues. But yeah, overall, I'm pretty positive on it. Okay, spoiler countdown. Moto Parakeku. Three, two, one. It is Spider Bait. It's fucking Spider Bait. They put Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield in here just so I could care. And you know what? Damn it. I cared about them. Every single time I saw Tom Holland near them, it's like seeing those two cool cousins at Thanksgiving that smoke weed. They were going to go outside and be like, hey, man, we'll be back to go grab the mail or something. And Tom Holland's a snot little nose kid who's six years old who's like, I want to follow you. And both Andrew Garfield and Toby Maguire are like, bitch, you're six. Get away from us. We're going to be smoking weed and doing drugs. Get away from us. <laughs> Those are the spoilers. Yeah, that's a good, some good spoilers. Look, l let me let me just start off with this. I'm gonna I'm gonna loop um I'm gonna loop Homecoming and Far From Home into this too, so we can knock all this off at once. Okay? Spider bait. Yeah, it's all spider bait. So look, okay, here's the thing. In Homecoming, he's basically Iron Man Junior. I hate it. 
in far far from home he's still basically iron man jr yeah. uh trying to be spider-man but also just you know like uh, just an extension of like still the world is reeling from tony stark still an iron man also i'm just using all technology in general just all technology he, all the time yeah and you kind of get the same problem a lot of with this one and it's not until the very very end where you kind of get that moment of, okay, he's gone. Like everyone in the world has forgotten Peter Parker. Now, nobody knows who he is. He can kind of go out and just be Spider-Man. And it, it actually makes me a little bit hopeful for the future of the series that we're finally going to get him just being Spider-Man and less of an extension of like Iron Man and the MCU in general. Now I'm probably going to get disappointed in reading yes. into that. I'm sure I'm going to get fucked by that. Correct. But yeah, but that's my hope because that's one thing I've noticed in all the rewatches of these films. Um, Homecoming, you know, I found was pretty mid, especially the second watch. I'm not a huge fan of that movie. Mm. I think Michael Keaton's pretty good and does some fun stuff, but that's for the it. most part, it's not very good. Um, Far from home, look, Jake Gyllenhaal's in it with facial hair. I'm very biased. I can't talk properly about this movie. I'm also a big Mysterio fan. So it's like you take Jake Gyllenhaal with facial hair, you put Mysterio in the movie, and then you have Jake Gyllenhaal with facial hair play fucking Mysterio. Like, I'm kind of compromised at that point. (laughs) (laughs) I just can't give you a fair opinion about it. I really like the movie. Is it good? Probably fucking not. But I like it. Uh, but it's even this, I don't, I think no far from, or far from home, no way home is the best of the three. And a lot of that is due to the bait and yes, it is bait, but fuck me, Andrew Garfield finally got some redemption. So if that's what it took a little bit of bait for him to finally get his moment in the sun, then you know what I'm for. Yeah. Okay. Spider-Man homecoming. Let's get this out of the way. I don't like that movie. I really don't. I just remember watching that movie and being so bored because there's just something about high school Peter like that that I was like, I don't like this. Once again, Tom Holland is too golly gee willikers for me. He reminds me of like, what if you took the kid from Leave it to Beaver and then made him Spider-Man? And I can't stand it. This kid just does not have any sadness edge to him, which apparently we find out in this movie. Oh, maybe it's because Uncle Ben never fucking existed. Maybe that's what it is. Uncle Ben is just come. Uncle Ben is a crackhead or something. All right. He's out. He has crack. And Aunt May was like, we can't get you here. Just get out of here. Peter, I'm not going to want you to get addicted to crack like Uncle Ben. Okay. That's just the way I'm reading this now. So maybe that's what it is. He never had sadness, never had edge. Don't care. Golly gee willikers. Iron Man Jr. Can't say in that movie until... Actually, no. Actually, another thing as well. I did not like... um, I want to keep saying Falcon, but I know it's Vulture. There we go. It was some sort of bird. Vulture, Michael Keaton is fun in this, but also at the end of the day, Michael Keaton is like one of 14 fucking villains out of like 23 movies. So it's like, hey, why are you a villain? Oh, I hate Tony Stark. Like, why the fuck is every single villain in the MCU just hate Tony Stark or they have daddy issues. Oh, wait, sorry. No, even the heroes all have daddy issues. Like, for some reason, that's the thing that MCU fucking loves. And I could not stand that movie. I was just so bored the entire time. I don't think it's a bad movie. It's just the fact that if I find something boring, I will find it way more insufferable than literally anything else. And far from home, I just remember watching that movie in theaters and thinking, yeah, I just finished watching Endgame. I don't care. Can you give me reason to care? And the movie goes, <laughs> it does that for an hour and a half. And then it goes, oh, wait, wait, hold on. We got an idea. How about treeping Mysterio visuals? And I was like, oh, 
cool awesome what are we gonna do from here the movie just kind of goes peter parker spider-man oh okay uh kind of cool and then they went how about we get jk simmons back and i'm like oh okay you know what fine you were still a complete waste of time but at least we got jk simmons back thank you for that fuck you movie i'm out Actually, now that I think about it, that might have been the last MCU movie besides this one that I watched, and then that's the movie that kicked me out. So, um, good job, Spider-Man. Good job, fucking Tom Holland. The Endgame had me, and I was like, you know what? Let's give you another shot, and immediately kicked me out. Good job. No Way Home. Yeah. I was happy to see Tobey Maguire back. He's fun. I like him. I believe everything he says because... I already like him. I'm sorry. I don't think Tobey Maguire is doing anything that crazy. He's still being Tobey Maguire. I'm happy with that. I don't think I need more than that. Andrew Garfield, on the other hand, is a man who looked at this movie and was like, I am going to carry this shit all on my back. All the emotions, just put it on me. All right? I'll be able to carry it. I don't care. Do you see my legs? I'm Spider-Man. I can hold this shit down. And I was just very happy to see him. Honestly, I hope that he can have well that's the thing his career didn't die but it did die down a little bit after the amazing spider-man 2 so i kind of hope this movie is enough for people to remember oh yeah i still have andrew garfield saved as a contact let's check and see if we can call him right now because like his movies that he's done he's good all right we got the social network we got other movies that i seriously can't remember because that's how podcasting goes so yes under the Silver Lake, tick, tick, boom. Okay, yeah, those are newer ones, but I haven't seen those. I, I mean, like, there have been movies that Andrew Garfield has done where it's like, fuck, man, you are good. I just wish we had more of you than whatever. Oh, wait, okay, let's see. Hacksaw Ridge. Okay, he was good in Hacksaw Ridge. I don't think I care for that movie that much, but he was good in there. Wait, is that it? Is that seriously the only thing I've seen of him in the Social Network and the Spider-Man movies? Damn, I'm fucking up. Okay, well, you know what? I'll watch Silence at some point. There we go. But yes, please, people call Andrew Garfield more. That's my best thing that I can get out of this movie. Yeah, I really, Andrew Garfield was fantastic in this movie. Like, the moment when he gets redemption for uh, uh, Gwen Stacy's, Stacy's death is probably my favorite movie moment in the whole movie. Yes. Um, it's really great. And, it, no, to your point, too, like, he even came out. Like, that's why he hasn't done a ton. Um, he even came out after this movie and just said how depressed he was, basically, that, like, he realized that like there was no passion behind these movies yeah, and that they were basically doing it for just money, which is pretty naive if you think about it. But like, how the no, fuck is he supposed to know? Right. Even like, less so money, more so contractual obligations so yeah. they don't lose the fucking rights. Exactly. That's it. Right. Like Sony had to make these. So I don't know, man. Um, I'm going to also give a shout out, though, to William Defoe in this. Like, I think William, William Defoe is phenomenal in this. He has so much fun as Green Goblin. He even came out and said in an interview that, like, the only way he'd come back and do this is if he could be, like, have a big role and do his own stunts. And I was like, that's really cool. So I was so happy to see him back in that. Okay. Yes. I will say that, though. It's pretty much all of the spider bait that in this movie that I liked. Because seeing Doc Ock, I was like, oh man, Alfred Molina. I'm so happy you're here. You've done so many movies that I've never seen, so you're an OG. I like seeing you here. The small children aren't going to know that you've done those. And truth be told, neither do I. I just know you have. So it's good to see you back. But man, Willem Dafoe, whoo, man. This man just gets to be better 
than Spider-Man 1. He just gets to go even crazier and more menacing. And every single time he was on camera, I was like, this is the best. And seeing him beat the fuck out of, out of Tom Holland, I was like, ah, this feels really good. This feels good. Speaking of being yeah. the fuck out of Tom Holland, uh, Aunt May died. Um, not yeah. going to lie. I just watched that and I kind of rolled my eyes when it's like, oh, this is this is the responsibility line. This is. This oh, is I hated when they threw that line in there. Like, I was fine with Aunt May dying. Like, I was like, OK, that he like that makes sense for the character. He needs to propel himself at some point. Like, you need a like we need something to fucking kind of put him in a corner. It can't always be all happy. But then she had to utter the line. I'm like, oh, fuck off. Dude, I just rolled my ass. I was like, this means that Uncle Ben doesn't exist. You guys spent two movies. No, sorry. Four movies of trying not to say the line. You spent... Because that's the thing. We haven't... Okay, well, I don't remember if that... Uh, close your ears for a second. Spider-Man 3. I don't know if that certain movie that I just said right now had that line. So we've got... Well, that's the thing. I'll count it as a trilogy. We haven't heard that movie in three Spider-Mans, because I'm going to count Miles Morales as well. We haven't heard that line in three Spider-Mans, and yet for some reason you guys delay this long and then just say it verbatim for Aunt May? This is, where is Uncle Ben? Why would you just avoid, like, now we're not going to say the line. You know why we're not going to say the line, because you're tired of it. You want to watch Batman's parents die again? Of course yeah. not. I don't want to see this anymore. Don't tell me the great responsibilities line. I'm tired of it. Yeah, I was going to say, it reminds me of fucking Batman's parents dying. And I swear to God, if the first shot of Matt Reeves the Batman is just his parents dying, I'm walking out of the fucking theater. Dude, okay, you know, just I'm done. Here's how you do it, okay? Just do it like, <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe me. I'm going to compliment this. Do it like Batman v Superman, where you just do it through the credits. Yeah, honestly, it's probably the best way to do it. That's okay. I'm all right with that. Just, just show me. Okay far from home all right we're gonna remake it we're going to go into the credits and we're going to show flashbacks of like four different uncle ben's dying just just straight <laughs> up all you see is just the little same brown-haired kid and like four old men and you play the same score from the original spider-man trilogy then you have and all you see is just old men dying over and over and over again that's all i want yeah i'd be down for that <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like, I, so what the fuck is Uncle Ben in this series? What is Uncle Ben? Because, like, at he, this point, I just have to assume he's homeless and drunk and, like, high on the heroin or something. Aunt May is a strong, independent woman. She don't need no Uncle Ben. <sighs> I hate this. I hate it because it just seems so lazy of, like, well, you see, we changed it because it's now you're, it's no longer going to be Uncle Ben. It's like, what's the fucking point? You still did it anyways. It's still it's an older person. Yeah. It just gender swapped it. <sighs> I hate it. I really do. Uh, is there anything else about this fucking movie? Because, like, I feel like just the spider bait is it. Like, I enjoyed yeah. that. That was good. The yeah. Willem Dafoe stabs Tobey Maguire, and it's like, oh, okay, I guess he dies, whatever. And the movie just goes, eh, he'll be okay. Look, less time on uh, Marvel stuff, the better. So I'm ready to go to scores whenever. Okay, all right. Uh, Spider-Man Home Trilogy is going to be a... I sleep out of ten. There we go. Just, just <laughs> I sleep at a ten. Please call Andrew Garfield. He needs work. Uh, Homecoming is a three out of five. Far from Home's a four out of five, and No Way Home's a four out of five. Okay, that was, but, those were... but but Far from Home has a sizable, sizable Jake Gyllenhaal facial hair bump. Just okay. Just uh, we're okay with Jake Gyllenhaal having a beard because this man, this man can wear a beard. I really <laughs> like him. 
<laughs> All right. You see, we're going to continue on our way through the movie theater, okay? We just walked out of spider bait, and honestly, I'm walking out, and I'm yelling at the people in line. It's just spider bait. Wait for the YouTube clips. Don't do this. Leave while you still have a chance. Go watch the Matrix Reds. Actually, maybe don't watch that either. I'm showing my hand <laughs> a little earlier. But, like, ah, please just go watch something else. And then... We well, you have you haven't watched Licorice Pizza, so so you head out. You you grab your your entire. Well, no, bag I go of, see. No, I go see Nightmare Alley. Is what I do. You go oh, see Licorice Pizza. You're, you're right. Up. So we both walk <laughs> into empty theaters, basically. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. God damn it! Actually, no, no, no. So you know what? You you take it here. You talk to us about Nightmare Alley, both of them. Sure. So let's talk about Nightmare Alley. So I watched the 1947 classic um, on the Criterion channel, which, by the way, is pretty cool mm -hmm. if you've never heard of that. 14-day free trial, a lot of Kino, so definitely worth checking out. Um, Not but yeah, sponsored, so but if you want to sponsor us, I'll happily do it. I'll shill whatever oh, you want me to. A, a sponsor from Criterion would be great. Be you don't even need to pay us. Just send us Criterions. Like, that's oh, okay. No, you send me a portrait of a lady on fire so I can smack it to death, and I'll 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 sponsor <laughs> you for an entire month. Oh man. Uh, so yeah, name and I'll talk about the forty-seven one quickly here first. It's directed by Edmund, Edmund Golding. Mm -hmm. uh, stars Tyrone Power, who apparently was a big deal in the forties, and I can see why he's really great in this movie. Actually. Ooh. Dare I say better than Bradley Cooper, but I'll get to that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like this is really good for like a movie from the 40s. And I'll talk about um, It's a Wonderful Life later, too. But for a movie from the 40s, you know, I just don't I don't know if it's just an unfair bias in my head. I just don't expect this shit to hold up. Like I kind of mm -hmm. sit there and I'm like, you know, I don't know how this is going to hold up. And for 99% of Nightmare Alley, it holds up pretty well. Like, I got to say, it's not bad at all. Um, you know, it's like I said, the, the, the Tyrone power guy was like a famous actor and he's really good there. Um, I found it really good. Like, like the cinematography for 1940, like for 1947 was actually really good. Like there's some cool shots in there and some good little set, like set design and some cool pieces there. Uh, overall, like I'm pretty positive on the movie. The biggest knock about it though, is the ending. And you know, back in the early forties and just, I guess in general, in that time frame, if you were trying to make a motion picture, you had to have the Hollywood ending. It was just ne necessary back then. And for a movie that goes really dark and has some dark ideas, it's kind of like, it kind of cheats at the end. It cheats it and you kind of get your Hollywood ending and you're like, eh, that's unfortunate because they kind of had something here and they kind of fucked it up a little bit with that. Not enough to ruin the whole movie. I still think it's pretty good, but then they kind of, they kind of cheapen it a bit with that. I watched, so I finished watching that and I'm like, oh, well, Guillermo del Toro is going to fix that. <laughs> and I was not wrong. The yes. 2021 version is just better. Um, it's darker. It's, it's more brutal. Uh, there's a lot of really good things in this movie. Again, gorgeous cinematography, gorgeous set design. Like mm -hmm. you could tell he had a bit of a best picture budget here. Like and you, it was definitely felt like a big movie and I hope he gets another one. Cause this one's not doing well at the box office. Nope. Thanks. By the way. Yeah. I did my part, but fuck, that's not enough. These days, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I well, you're an asshole. So that doesn't surprise <laughs> me. Um, God damn it. My wife wanted to watch it and I folded. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair she should want to watch name rally get her into more kino Although you try your best you try your best a lot of work okay i that's got true. her that's through true. at least half of pt's movies and she did join me for licorice pizza good good um i will say this 
the I, I think the wor- I'm gonna say worst part of this movie, but he honestly isn't bad. But mm-hmm. in my opinion, the worst part of this movie is Bradley Cooper. Now he's fine in this role. In fact, he's probably good in this role. I think he does a good job. But he just he lacks some of the punch. I feel that's necessary from this role. And then I had to go and read that originally Leo was in talks for this role, and I was like, oh, if Leo would have done this, it would have been really fucking good. And so then the man one- went Netflix money. Adam McKay, yeah. let's fucking go. Yeah, so he got his paycheck on that one. But I was a little bit disappointed with that because I was like, oh, that's a big what what could have been scenario. Bradley Cooper was still solid, pretty good here, uh, especially at the end. I found like there's there's kind of a I'm not going to spoil anything, obviously, because you haven't seen it. Yet, but there's a scene at the end that's like really, really powerful. And he actually does a really good job with it. Um, but yeah, overall, I definitely enjoyed both these movies. Um, I mean, you kind of know what you're getting into with a Del Toro picture. This one's not really a lot different from his other movies. He kind of follows the same formula, but this one, you know, this one gets pretty dark and there's some good stuff here. So definitely another just solid fucking movie from him for sure. All right. So uh, Guillermo Del Toro, I've pretty much seen, I think, maybe two of his movies. I've watched Shape of Water and I've watched Pan's Labyrinth. Now, here's the thing. Pan's Labyrinth is great. So, and then we drop down to Shape of Water, which is good, but the further away I get away from it, I'm like, yeah, that was good, I guess. And then, like, that's about it. And for some, did you ever watch Crimson Peak? I did, yeah. How is that? It's, it's good. Uh, it's probably one of his weaker works, I would say. But I, I heard a lot of bad things about it before I watched it, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it more than I was expecting. So low expectations, you might find some enjoyment in them. Okay, because like everything that I saw from Crimson Peak, I was just like, for some reason, this just doesn't look right, and I just never wanted to watch it. Guillermo de Toro, for, for me, just seems like a guy who... I like your ideas and I like your execution, but for some reason, there's just always something about it that pushes me away from it. But for some reason, Pan's Labyrinth is the one that sneaks away. Then again, I've only watched two of them. And then literally the third thing is just an assumption that I have. So am I talking out of my ass? Yes, but when do I not? That is the name of the game for Passive Pixel, baby. All right. So uh, this movie, I... I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to watch it because there's even still something about this one where it feels like it just has a touch of weird for me and not the weird I like. More like weird where I don't know if I can buy into it. A lot of it depends on your interest in kind of carny shit. That's what it is. Right. That's what it is. And and the story, basically, this is like without, again, without getting into spoilers, this is just a big story about a hustler. And, you know, watching kind of his character kind of hustle his way, kind of ma- make big strides in what he's doing, uh, his rise and fall. That, that's basically the best way I can describe the movie. And it's something that's been done a thousand times before. It's just presented here with really gorgeous cinematography, really cool set designs and pretty solid performances all throughout. So, I mean, it's not reinventing the wheel by any means. But definitely enjoyable enough, I I found. Into scores, I guess, for this one now? Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, wait, no, we did Spider-Man scores. Okay, never mind. So uh, I was about to say, shit, we forgot that. Any any score for this one? Yeah, I'll score it in a sec. I just want to touch back and circle oh, yes. back to one thing you said about, uh, well, Penn's Labyrinth, which is a phenomenal movie, mm-hmm. um, and Shape of Water, because it's funny, you say the further away you get from it, the, leash, the less you like it. 
with, with Shape of Water for me, I've only actually ever seen it once. But it and, hit you at the right time. And it hit me at the right time. You know this story. And I've told a yes. lot of people on the Discord this story. Mm-hmm. But basically, you know, I, I, I had just quit a pretty toxic job, gotten out mm-hmm. of that situation. And the first thing I did was I walked out and I'm like, I'm going to go see a fucking movie because there was a theater right across the street Legend. and shape of water was playing. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to watch this. And it became one of my favorite movies of all time. It will. Would it ever hold up on a second watch? Probably not. Will I ever give it a chance to fucking dip? Probably not either. So I'm going to let that sit as a very cherished memory for me. Um, And yeah, but Pan's Labyrinth, I think everyone, even if you're not a big Del Toro fan, you could appreciate that movie because it's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. all right but so, scores uh yes. nightmare alley 47 1947 i giving a three and a half out of five two and then the nightmare alley 2021 uh four out of five and it's actually my fifth favorite movie of 2021 so all right uh nightmare alley i'm gonna give you a score of i'm a hypocrite out of 10 there you go <laughs> All right, so you walked into that theater. You have an entire bag of popcorn on your shoulder. I walk into this movie theater over here. For some reason, my wife has just, she's she's appeared. I don't know how she got here. It is now a couple of days <laughs> later. No idea. Not going to ask questions, okay? It's a scenario. Work with me here. We walk in, and there is a theater for licorice pizza. The the most recent uh, Pot Thomas Anderson picture. Beautiful. Well, well. We go in there. For some reason, there's like three guys sitting to our left that all look like they walked into the wrong A24 showing, but they're just like, ah, fuck it, we'll just hang out here. And I just remember that he was drinking this really fruity alcohol drink, and I just kept thinking, why are you guys here? You guys don't... This doesn't seem like your speed. What are you doing here? But, like, throughout the entire movie, they were still having fun. So I was just like, okay, this is okay. I'm still prejudging you guys because all of you guys look like you might roofie someone on the way out of here. But that's okay. I'm not going to question it. You gave your money to Paul Thomas Anderson, and even date rape money spends, like, real money. So that's okay. Um, I'm actually shocked there were a good amount of people in this theater, too. That's not something I was expecting. But, yeah, Lickerish Pizza. Paul Thomas Anderson, very happy to give you my money. It is good to watch all eight of your movies, watching the ninth one in theaters. Here you go. You have me for the rest of your your life until, you know, you fall off and then I just can't support you anymore. You never have fallen off. I don't think you ever will. Don't think you're going to start. So, Licorice Pizza, movie's fun. I'm starting to accept that Paul Thomas Anderson does not want to do anything that big anymore. And I'm okay with that. This movie is very small scale. I'm going to steal something that I saw from one of the YouTubers that I like, Patrick H. Willems. He wrote a small blurb on Letterboxd that said that with this movie and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, what he needs now is all of his favorite directors to do a hangout movie that is based on where they grew up in. And when I read that, I went, oh, yeah, that makes sense, huh? Paul Thomas Anderson, if he grew up here, the way all of this is shot is done in such a way where it's like oh man i could imagine growing up here too and that's what he does that's pretty much the entire movie the entire movie is just these two characters growing up for like over the span of a couple of months in the valley of california it's like yeah this is fun this is good i like these two characters i don't think i'm gonna get too deep about this movie because frankly i don't think this movie has anything to get deep about 
And I'm okay with that. I don't need every movie to be like, oh, this, it speaks about the human condition. I don't need all that. Sometimes just give me some cool characters that are well-written. Just have them go at each other and I'll have fun. So I remember walking out of this movie thinking, yeah, that was good. Also, those frat boys that probably walked into the wrong theater, fuck you for leaving your can. What is wrong with you? You come over here, you watch cinema, and then you leave the place dirty? What's wrong with you? You're disgusting. I hope you get hit by a bus. I agree. Fuck those people. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to see this. I'm obviously, like, I don't know if I've mentioned this before in the show. I'm not a huge fan of hangout movies and those type of things in general. Mm. Um, so we'll see. This has an uphill battle for me. But I'm definitely on the PTA train lately, so I'm definitely going to go see this at some point. I don't know if I'm going to be able to catch it in theaters, unfortunately. It's pretty hard to find out here. Sadness. So it might not be a theater movie. I might have to video on demand, it, sadly, at some point. But still very excited to get to it when I get to it, and I uh, hope it breaks breaks a curse for me. I'll be mm. great. Oh, we'll see. Licorice Pizza is going to be. I really hate that the name of this movie isn't Licorice Pizza because that sounds really close to Cheese Pizza, which can be abbreviated to CP. And for the love of God, don't look up what CP is unless you want to get on a watch list from the FBI out of 10. Or you're an executive from PlayStation. Uh, all right. Please My don't wear the PS5 shirt when you're about to molest. Never mind. I. I'm not finishing that sentence. Uh, we're going to watch it out of the five, 10, 5, whatever. Fuck, we want. <laughs> okay, uh, are we at... Did Yeah, that's it. That's I, a cinema I, trip. We left the theater, all right? This was the entire conversation out of the theater, and then you just asked me to shoot you, and I, I can't abide. I drop you off, and then I drive myself into a ravine because I'll kill myself. You don't get to die. Hell yeah. Okay. Uh, what are we doing next? We're doing, uh, you want to do games? Weeb, get, the weeb, get the fucking weebs out of here. Just, I want them executed. All of them. So, I mean, the only weeb thing I really have is fucking uh, is Trails of Cold or Trails in the Sky, so I guess we'll do that. Yes, yeah, um, yeah, so Trails in the Sky. So I finally finished it. Finally. Uh, which, I say finally, but I actually, oh my god, it felt so much longer, but it was only 15 hours of playtime. It was only 15 hours? <laughs> it was only 15 hours. So. I, feel, I feel like you've been talking about this game for the last seven months. So actually, no. You know what? I'm not going to say in its defense. Because, okay, I'll talk about <laughs> it with Halo Infinite. But I, 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 it's been a struggle to get through this fucking game. And then I've been, I played two levels of Halo Infinite, which I'll talk about in a bit. And those, and those were infinitely more fun than anything I just did in the last 15 hours. So, um, look, I mean, here's the thing. This game came out in 2000. So this game was originally a PSP game. Okay. And it was ported to PC in 2004. It's aged terribly. It's got a weird fucking map system. That's fucking horrible that you can't find anything. It controls like absolute shit. Maybe part of that's me using a controller, but like, I don't know, man, like I can't imagine it being that much better on mouse and keyboard. Look, it was a PSP uh, game. It should work with a fucking controller. It should. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, the story again is pretty good here. They're actually pretty good writers. They're a Falcom. They know what they're doing. Again, though, with this one, it takes way too long to get going. There's four chapters in the game, and the story doesn't really start getting good until chapter four. So, again, we're near the end. Oh, that's a matter um, of rules. This is probably like a 30, 40 hour game, by the way. In case you're wondering, the only reason I beat it in 15 hours is I cheated hardcore. Yes. I fucking made myself max level, and, and I followed a walkthrough just so I could get through this shit as quick as possible. Um, yeah, this was just nothing in this game hit the same level as cold steel did i don't think it was a complete waste of my time like i don't hate it it's a good game like there are things about it i do like 
but it just aged so bad for me. And I honestly don't know. Like there's still two and there's still a part two and a part three. Will I play those? I don't know. I'm taking a gigantic JRPG break right now, though. If Good. you hear me talk about a JRPG on this show before like April, then fucking call me out on it or shoot me or something. Because I'm taking those kneecaps. Yeah, take the kneecaps because I definitely need a JRPG break. And the next JRPG I play is going to be Persona 3. It's not going to be any more Trails shit. So I'm definitely taking a big Trails break. The, the, the next time I'll even consider playing a Trails game might be like in the summer or something, but... I don't know if I'll just jump into Cold Steel 3 or do uh, Sky 2. I haven't decided, but yeah, it's it's pretty mid overall, and I'm glad it's done. Glad I'm done talking about it. Good story, pretty good characters, just kind of ruined by the gameplay systems and stuff, but I had a good enough time with it in terms of the story, and I do like some of that stuff, so I give it a 6 out of 10. All right, my score is going to be, uh, you know, the PSP was pretty cool. I like the PSP. Also, Dead Horse out of 10. There you go. All right, uh, I'm going to get my one game out of the way. Voice of Cards. You I don't know why this is on the list. I'm shocked that I actually played it. Um, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I played it for like 10 minutes, and that was because the power went out in my house for a little bit, and I turned on my PS5, and I was like, hey, are you dead? And my PS5 is like, nah, man, that's I'm, I'm good. And I booted in. I was like, how far did I lose my save? I didn't lose my save at, like, at all. It, it booted me to like the most recent part of the floor i was down in and i was like yeah thank you i went back i put myself back into the same spot where i was before i shut down my ps5 i saved it and then i moved on so yeah i did nothing this is on the list by a technicality i'll get back to it eventually out of 10 perfect no, that's still a big i can't wait to play it out of time no, <laughs> i will play it uh okay so i'll go into my last game then uh yes. halo infinite honestly not going to talk a lot about this i'm going to more punt this to next episode because i've only played the first two missions uh, like i said though those first two missions were banging uh this feels really good the shooting feels crisp as fuck i like where they're taking the story so far uh looks very nice so yeah i've really enjoyed everything about it so far but i'm about to hit the open world so we'll see that, that we will we will reserve judgment until we get to that part. And, and I will I definitely plan on playing more. So the next episode, I probably will be done the game, actually, by that point. I think it should take me longer two weeks. Like I've been gaming pretty slow, but Halo is usually not that long a game. So uh, I should be done it by then and have uh, further talk. So for now, I'm just going to leave it at that. Next title of the episode is going to be Breath of the Halo. Oh, fuck me. Yeah, I'm worried about that. I like, well, I'm worried and I'm not. Like, there's not going to be some shitty weapon degradation where my fucking gun falls apart in the middle of the battle. So, oh, I'm running out of ammo. It's like degradation. (laughs) (laughs) I can't have infinite grenades. (laughs) I'm not going to worry about like fucking thunderstorms rolling in and making it too slippery for fucking Chief to walk walk and it suddenly turns into Death Stranding. I'm not going to lie. That sounds fucking awesome. Like, it just starts slipping and then. And you just have Master Chief in this seven-ton armor just slipping around. Weapon, I need you to help me. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. But yeah, no, I, uh, I but yeah, I, I, I think it's good uh, so far. So we'll see. That, that That's my score out of 10. It's good so far out of 10. My score for Halo Infinite is going to be the multiplayer soundtrack has an album on Spotify, and I put four songs on a playlist. And I'm pretty sure there have been three full work days that I've listened to those four songs out of 10. And I kind of wish I knew what the runtime I've had on that playlist for, because I would be scared of how long I've been listening to those four songs on loop. <laughs> yeah, fair. Let's see, do I? That's all I have in video games. Yep, uh, let's go ahead and just cross this off the list, because I know that we're not going to talk too much about it. So 
The Matrix, The Matrix right. Reloaded, Revolutions, yeah. and Resurrections. This is getting a special episode, okay? And yeah. I'm saying this. I'm going to stick to it, damn it. It's going to be me. It's going to be Dorian over here. And it's going to be Poot from the Texas episode. He's a good man. He's already watched it. He's got notes. I am in the middle of my second watch of Resurrections. I was taking notes. I paused it. I haven't come back to it. So I'm still in the process. Doreen, I forget. You said you watched... You haven't watched The Animatrix or Resurrections yet, right? Correct. So Resurrections, so I'm at work right now. Mm -hmm. I'm about to have more free time at the like end of the month, beginning of the month of January. So I definitely plan to see Resurrections in theater. I don't have the uh, HBO Max option like these uh, yanks do. Mm -hmm. So I haven't seen theaters. (laughs) So, and The Animatrix I plan to watch too. So I'm going to watch them both, hopefully sooner rather than later here. Um, and I will hopefully be partaking in that special episode as well. Um, and I guess we'll have more to say then. Like, honestly, we probably shouldn't say much about it at all for the special episode. So actually, I was going to say that we can just do briefness, like just touch yeah. on it. So like sure. Matrix. Very good. I like it. Very good. <laughs> OK, that is a very good from you. Uh, Matrix sure. Reloaded. Very good. I like it. Uh, better the second time watching it. All right. The end of Matrix. I love this. It might be my favorite piece of the Matrix. Can't wait to see it. Uh, Matrix Resurrection. I'm sorry, no. Matrix Reload. No. The Matrix Revolutions. Um, I still like it. Big and dumb. <laughs> yeah, this one I don't like. <laughs> yes, we'll deep, we'll get dig- yes. deeper into that yeah, later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Matrix Resurrections. This is a bad movie, but I also think it's worth discussing. There we go. But we won't discuss it now. Actually, no, no, sorry. Not even only worth discussing, probably even still worth watching. There you go. I, I, I'll see it too. Boom. All right. All of that's gone. Wow. Holy shit. That was that was incredible. That timestamp is going to be really short and I can't wait until people are insulted until they listen to it. And they're like, oh, OK, that makes sense. Um, all right. I'll go ahead and jump to the one movie that was stuck right there in the middle. Um, sure. Ghost in the Shell, 1995. I hate that I have to specify the year because thank you, Hollywood. Thank you for fucking remaking this. This is already a good movie. Fuck you. Well, I, did, I was tuning out. I didn't even know you watched this. Okay. Everyone tunes out of the table of contents, okay? You're supposed to tune out <laughs> until you hear something that your ear perks up. It's like, oh, they're going to talk to that. Then you jump to that timestamp and then listen to it. So, like, that's yeah. how it works, right? So, yeah. uh, I was running my best friend through the Matrix movies because he hadn't seen them. And who am I but a person who likes to culture the ones around me? So, I ran him through the Matrix, Reloaded, Revolutions, the Animatrix. Now, here's the thing. We watched the Matrix one day, and then we had three more movies after that. And I was trying to get these movies back to back. So, the Matrix was Watch Alone. I wanted that to be back-to-back with the Animatrix, but that didn't work out. So because we had to put in the Animatrix alone, I decided, okay, you know what? I really want you to watch Reloaded and Revolutions together. So instead, we'll back-to-back the Animatrix and Ghost in the Shell. Animatrix, fucking awesome. We'll talk about that later. Um, Ghost in the Shell, watching them back-to-back is fucking hilarious because you can just see everything that the matrix cribbed from this watching them back to back was so hilarious or at least like in close proximity i didn't watch the matrix and ghost in the shell in close proximity no sorry back to back i did watch in close proximity though and just seeing how closely they cut to each other is the funniest shit and the other funny thing is that the movie just is not subtle at all about like just going and philosophizing and it's i don't even know how to pronounce it go ahead and crucify me later um but the philosophy in ghost in the shell is just so outward and uh, in front and abundant that it's hilarious to me that the matrix 
probably had a chance to maybe make that a little more subtle, but the Matrix went, nah, we're going to keep it as obvious as that, and I'm very happy about that. Ghost in the Shell, again, very good movie. I enjoy this. I don't know if I can go that far into it. it. I enjoy it. I like the philosophy of it. Could I dig more into that? Yeah, but honestly, I feel like if I mentioned any of that, I would end up stealing way too much from the Matrix episode because, again, the Matrix stole so much from Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, so if you really want to hear my thoughts in depth on it, I I, we, I did talk about this, what, like a few, a few episodes ago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A couple episodes ago from when I watched it. Uh, but yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was really great. Um, you're right, though. Like, I didn't even think about it at the time, but having just watched that recently, now the Matrix, it's crazy how much that stuff... <laughs> How much those movies just rip from it uh very clearly an inspiration there and yeah no it's just a 1995 beautiful piece of animation that still holds up quite well and yep. looks shiny in 4k so um if you haven't checked that out it's definitely one you should because it's a pretty important piece of animation please back to back the matrix and ghost yeah. of the shell so you can just be like damn the wachowskis have never been creative in their fucking life ever <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I it's funny too because i was just thinking man like oh man the matrix is such a cool concept man i can't believe they came up with that where did they come up with that i'm like oh okay <laughs> ghost of the shell's just sitting in the corner like hey how's it going <laughs> yeah that was me <laughs> but <laughs> yeah also, gorgeous steelbooks. There are two really fucking beautiful steelbooks for that movie. So. Oh, please. The, if you look up the Mondo Ghost in the, Sh- Ghost in the Shell steelbook, it's going to be a pretty one. If you look up the 4K steelbook, Ghost in the Shell, Best Buy, you're going to find another steelbook. That's the one I have. Dorian over here has the Mondo one. They're very nice steelbooks. I yeah. like them. I'm going to go a ahead Mondo and... One or a... Oh, as you say, you get a Mondo one or a Lionsgate banger, you're good either way. Exactly. Lionsgate out here, making the collectors happy, and that's all we want. I'm going to go ahead and give Ghost in the Shell 1995 a... Oh, that's Out of 10. They throw that at you right at the start, too, that song. And it's yeah. like, oh, shit, I'm in. Uh, really oh. good idea to throw that in there so early. Uh, four she... out of five for me. She turns invisible, and then that just kicks in. You're like, oh, man, I don't know what we're about to do, but I'm so in. It starts off very strong. (laughs) Okay, so I just knocked out one, two, three, four, five movies out of my list in like a span of like 10 minutes. That's incredible. Uh, I toss it to you. Just start killing your babies. Go ahead. Just start chopping How much do you How many do you have left? Uh, I have one, two, three. You know, how about this? How about this? Nope. No, never mind. No, no. You start killing your babies. I got one, two, three, um, four, I guess. I got four okay. things left. All right. So I'll kill a few here then. Uh, where do we, where do we want to go first? Uh, let's talk about you were never really here. Ooh, um, yes. have you, have you seen this by the way? Just, uh, yes, I have. Okay, cool. So we'll go spoilers in a bit. But, uh, <laughs> by the so... way, this was a weird one. Cause I think I was helping my brother crack a fire stick and I remember I had it on in the living room and my mom just wandered in and it's like, this is probably a bad idea, but I'm not going to stop right now. <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> so you were never really here. If you've never heard of this, it is Joaquin Phoenix's Amazon Prime exclusive movie. Wait, from shit, Lynn... Amazon Prime? It's an Amazon Prime exclusive okay, uh, from Lynn Ramsey, who also made the really good We Need to Talk About Kevin. If you've never seen or heard of that movie, fantastic movie. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it's just Joaquin 
basically the best way I can describe this movie is it's to me, it's kind of like an art house taken or something like that, or like an art house, John wick. And it's just really great. You know, there's times where you don't get a lot of dialogue and it just kind of all the acting is done through Joaquin and his face and just kind of his gestures and his movements. Uh, There's just minimal dialogue only when there needs to be. And yeah, it's just really, really well done. They take a subject that everyone, you know, can, you know, you can put yourself in that situation of like, oh, somebody's abducting like little girls and forcing them to be sex slaves. Like, okay, yeah, I want to fuck them up too. That's great. Let's watch Walking fuck these people up. Mm-hmm. So it's very relatable in that way. Um, and yeah, just overall, I, I do want to talk spoilers on it a little bit. So I'll just kind of just clip it there and just say, I really like this movie. So I had no idea that she also directed We Need to Talk About Kevin. The thing is, is that I just really, really like Ezra Miller for some reason. And I think it probably stems from Perks of Being a Wallflower. Because every time I watch that movie, at least in high school, I remember that everyone would look at his character in Perks of Being a Wallflower. And they're like, oh my god, look, it's gay Edwin. And I'm like, yeah, you know what, I accept that. That is just me if I were gay. I like him. So, of course, you know, that's that's probably me being narcissistic and being like that character reminds me of me. I like him. Oh, holy shit. We need to talk about Kevin was done by Johnny Greenwood. Good job, Johnny Greenwood. Yes, Mm, I like you. So I still need to watch that one. You were never really here. This was just a movie that got put on my radar, I think, by Screen Junkies, which, by the way, blessed be Screen Junkies. They're the ones that still do the honest trailers on YouTube. I think they had like a daily show where they would just talk about movies and those people know their movies. I'm kind of glad that they're not like they're not the unironic version of the nerd crew from Red Letter Media. I apologize to anyone who's listening to this and doesn't know the internet because I'm pretty sure those last two sentences just made no sense. Um, (laughs) Basically, Screen Junkies isn't people that are out here like, whoa, man, it's the new Marvel movie. Aren't you excited about who got casted in Black Panther 2? Like, no. These guys actually know movies, so I like listening to them. This was one that was put on my radar, and I just remember watching it, and I was thinking, man, this movie just doesn't want to indulge and i like it this movie just it knows that it's going to be super violent and then the movie just kind of goes we're gonna hold off and then your mind gets to think about what is the horrible shit that's going on and i'm such a big fan of that joaquin phoenix is just so fucking broken in this movie and i love seeing that I love the visual of the hammer that I just uh, give me more characters in movies taking people down with hammers because it just feels like, yes, a hammer will fuck you up. But it's also one of those things that you can literally leave somewhere and no one's going to think it's a problem until it becomes a problem. So, yes, you were never really here. I'm just a big fan of this movie. I really am. Perfect. All right. So I'm going to go into spoilers then. Yes. Uh, Three, two one there's a really good fake out death scene at the end that gets the fuck out of me um yeah no the ending of this movie and so basically you know he he really like he almost kills himself a couple times in the movie yep and, and you think he's gonna do it he doesn't and then you kind of get this scene at the end where he's just like just fucking defeated broken with this girl her dad's dead now like she's got no one and he's just sitting there in this restaurant i forget she goes to like the washroom or get some food or something i forgot and he just pulls out a gun and shoots himself right in the middle of the diner. And it's just done realistically enough that for like that split second, you're like, oh, fuck. 
like that that's how the movie's gonna end and uh but like then you see like people like still kind of walking around like normal and you're like oh okay that didn't actually happen and it just done really well and you know he's just like thinking like fuck he wishes he could do that but he can't and it's just it's a tragic character and a tragic story but uh man done beautifully really 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 good job the scene with his dead mom god that's yeah holy shit that is fucking dark just this man Joaquin Phoenix is just so lonely that he's laying there with the person who just murdered his mom and he's just like I am so lonely even though you killed my mom I'm still going to stay near you because this is really all I have and then they just start singing together they're like sing together they hold they they, I think they hold hands for like half a second Oh my God. It's, it's so, it's so well done. And again, just walking with a fucking masterclass in acting in this one. And mm, so good. I, I think, I think Johnny Greenwood does the score for this one too. And it's phenomenal. So yes, did he, yes, he did. God damn. You know what? Johnny Greenwood just seems like the person that you call for like offbeat Kino. And <laughs> it's I, true. He does it's true. his soundtrack albums, I guess. Uh, there will be Blood, The Master, Inherent Vice, Phantom Thread, You Were Never Really Here, Spencer, and The Power of the Dog. Okay, you know what? I, <laughs> I'm i actually kind of shocked. Damn, I nailed it. <laughs> yeah, you hit the nail on the head. That's basically what he does. And man, I'm I'm all for that. Just keep giving me that those, uh, again, like, and, there, and, and a lot of those movies, like this movie, Spencer, Power of the Dog, movies like that, you'd be like, okay, like, these are movies that won't really resolve, revolve around the sound and the music yep. and, the, and the score for them, but he makes them so memorable and a part of the movie that they're inseparable from there like spencer the soundtrack you like it's a fucking princess diana by optic like what the fuck are you gonna do with this music and that but it's so fucking well made it's just phenomenal yeah johnny greenwood actually is in a niche it's weird because all those movies that i've seen in my head i can't picture the music at all but that's the thing i am a sound nerd all right so even if i'm not catching it someone is but those movies the fact that i can't hear the music but i also remember it being there is probably a good sign because the music isn't trying to basically take all the attention it's just there to support the movie and that's all you really need sometimes absolutely um i think that's about all i had to say did you have anything else no that's it i just really like that scene with um his dead mom yeah great scene great scene uh oh wait hold on hold on the the ending violent scene where it is done completely through the security cams and you don't see almost any of it dope yeah, that was a really good scene. He's just kind of you kind of see the people like that he's going to kill, like just standing there for like half a second, and then it switches over and it switches back, and they're just like dead on the ground, like yep. fucking, and like oh shit, they just got hammered because he's like walking around with a hammer too, so he's hmm. just cracking their skulls in. So great. <sighs> okay, I'm gonna go ahead and give this one. Uh, I accidentally got my mom to watch Kino out of ten. Yeah, <laughs> four out of five. Very very good movie. Very enjoyable. Okay. Uh, keep going. Um, okay. Keep knocking them out. I honestly don't have too much to say about this, especially because you're not you're fucking taking your time with this one, sir. But Succession, mm. Succession, uh, still very good. I'm on season three now. Oh uh, I mean, there's so much I want to say, but I'm going to hold off, obviously, because Ed's behind. And once he catches up, we'll talk more about it. Uh, show's great though. Second season was even better than the first season. Watch it. I started season two. I forgot to put that on the list, so I typed it up once I realized it wasn't the table of contents. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's 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 still good. I'm, I'm enjoying yeah. this. I don't really have much more to say. I yeah. don't. That's the thing. Even it, it's on the list here. I'm pretty sure I watched the episode. Do I remember what exactly happened in it besides people being assholes? No, but then again, I'm also cheating because they're always assholes. So like that's an easy guess. 
yeah, fair. So that's literally all I have to say. We'll talk more, I'm sure, about it once you finish season two, because I wouldn't mind talking some spoilers on that. But uh, we'll just say, you know, more good shit out of town. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and knock this out since we're already doing this. Uh, Casino Royale is on this list again. Sorry, no, not this list. Casino Royale is on the show again. I was trying to get my parents to watch the uh, Daniel Craig movies because they were interested in No Time to Die. And I was like, okay, hold on. There's going to be a little bit of a process here, okay? So just bear with me. I'll get you to No Time to Die. Watched it. Still enjoy this movie. I think what the very first episode also included Casino Royale. So that's there if you want to go listen to it. I'm pretty sure my, some of my opinions about that are still accurate because I like this movie as much as I still do. And then I still think the third act slows down just a little bit. But you know what? I still like this movie. Anything that you want to add since Casino Royale uh, is probably the first time this show, it pops up while you're here? I'll actually be rewatching it soon. So I'm going to save my thoughts for that. Uh, I do want to say, because I know you listen to this show, shout out to Sean Mason, the best fucking guy in the world. Oh. Dude surprised me for Christmas with a fucking Skyfall steelbook. Nicest man in the world. I fucking almost shit myself when I saw that because I'm an asshole and I don't deserve nice things. And that was a very nice thing. So shout out to you, man. I'm going to watch, we be rewatching those Bond movies soon. And I'm very excited for that. All right. The timestamp is no longer going to be about Casino Royale. The timestamp is going to be about Sean Mason. <laughs> Sean Mason, you're a great man. Mr. Mason, I apologize that you have to listen to us. I mean, you don't have to listen to us. It's more like you, it's a choice on your part. And I apologize that that was the choice you made. If you like it, Please continue doing it. it I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. You you raised Sean Mason. You've done more than enough right things than I have ever in my entire life. Okay. So. <laughs> That's so true. For me too. Not just you. <laughs> I hate that I like that's the thing I'm laughing because it's like damn I think that was a good line that was pretty good <laughs> Sean you're a good man I like you I can't wait until we hang out in February movie theater room handing it all out to you you tell me what you want to watch we can do it Sean Mason you're a great man it's, I, that's that's the timestamp Sean Mason's a great man um, by the way Casino I guess Royale gets a Sean Mason out of five that's incredible that's the best score we can give you know what that's that is the new score for the highest bar of things we need to give all right what's what hold on what's on this list you know apocalypse now and drive i'm just gonna go ahead and say that those get the sean mason out of 10 all right very confident Um, oh i forgot the entire reason i was doing this (laughs) so casino royale i showed that to my parents right and it's like cool you see you're gonna have fun you enjoyed that we'll see whenever we can come back and watch skyfall now, here's the thing. I went to go hang out with my parents yesterday. Uh, they're running me through all the movies from 2021. And they're like, hey, show me what movies are good. And I was like, okay, cool. I pointed this out. Hey, I haven't seen Spencer. I heard that it's good. It's very grounded. You might like it. We pass all over No Time to Die. And they're like, yeah, I watched that. And we were confused. I was like, why would you do that? <laughs> why would you? I told you. I was going to get you there. And he was just like, yeah, it was just really lost. I was like, why would you do? Dude, We, me and my wife were driving to the AMC oh. to watch Licorice Pizza. And I like, I brought it up like twice. I was like, I can't believe they did that. I, I, even today, when we went to go watch the Texans game, before I left, I was like, by the way, I couldn't get that out of my head. I was like, why would you do that? And now here I am again, recording an episode, saying it again. <sighs> yeah, that's pretty good stupid. Movie. Good movie. Very good. He's a good man, damn it. He just... I don't. I think he misunderstood that. that. 
Damn it, Dad. Why? Look, look. I'll have you over for Skyfall. I don't know. Sometime next week, maybe the week after. I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully it'll make. I'm sure you'll watch Skyfall and you'll maybe be like, "Oh, that's why that happened." No, there's nothing in Skyfall that's related to No Time to Die. Spectre. Yeah, you know, Spectre. Spectre. Oh my god. I already told him that we're watching Spectre at his house because, like, we don't need a theater for that. Like, <laughs> I, I don't even have the 4K for, for Spectre. Like, I'm just going to pull out a Blu-ray for that. And, what and deserves, we'll talk honestly. over the entire movie. Just get a fucking DVD for it. Casino <laughs> <laughs> Royale is good. Let's just move on. Yeah, moving on. All right. The Sean uh, Mason is a great man stamp. Yes, yes. Uh, let's talk about Spirited Away. Um, yes. So, I mean, I don't have much to say. It's it's a classic. If you've If you've seen Spirited Away... You understand that uh, this was part of my rewatch, my collection rewatch. So this is the first time I've actually seen it on Blu-ray. I watched it in theaters the first time. This is my second time seeing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, decided to do the dub this time because I watched it sub originally. Dub was good. Uh, no issues with it. Um, I, I mean, yeah, like I said, there's just so much good shit in this. It's just so invented. It's so creative. There's so much amazing imagery. Uh, when like when you see the parents turn to the pigs at the very beginning for the first time, that's such a <gasps> moment that just looks so fucking awesome and it's so well made mm-hmm. and cool. And yeah, there's just this is Miyazaki at the top of his game, just making fucking Kino shit that just fucking reaches highs that fucking re- very few animation can do, uh, especially kids animation. So yeah, just an outstanding movie in every sense of the word, and such a great rewatch. One of my favorite stories about Spirit Away is the fact that I think this movie was made on a bet where they're just like, how crazy can you get with animation? And Miyazaki just went, oh, you just fucking wait. How you want to see how crazy I can get? I can get fucking crazy. <laughs> so I love that this entire movie was basically a bet of how far they could push animation. And then I think it went on to actually win the Oscar for best so. animated yeah. movie, uh, beating yeah. out whatever. No, was it, it was 2001 or 2002. Did it beat out 2000, Monsters, 2001, I believe. Okay, so yeah. If it did, Spirited Away, 2002 was the release date. So what the... No, wait, no, hold on. But what did they count it as? Because I'm seeing two different things. It, it did says, win Best Animated Feature. Okay, but of what year? Uh, 2000... 2002. 2002, okay. It's 2002, they counted it for. Yeah. Okay, now what was that against? Because... Shrek won 2001. So. Ew, disgusting. Control F. Fast. Are you trying to look up at who it was against? Yes. Oh, Ice Age, Lilo of Sitch, Spirit, Stallion of the Samarian, and Treasure Planet. Okay, there it is. Uh, You know what? I'm kind of sad that that was a weak year because that would have been a whole lot better if they beat out something like from Pixar because then... Yeah. You know what? I'm conflicted because I really like Lilo and Stitch. It probably... Shouldn't have one compared to Spirit Away, but I also really wanted Spirit Away to beat something like Monsters Inc. Just so it's like a, even a it's even like a bigger win. Well, but Shrek you know beat up Shrek beat on Monsters Inc. So I'm sure Spirit <sighs> Away would have too. <laughs> I hate them. I hate them so much. You know what? I blame Spielberg. Spielberg started blackballing people, and it's like, hey, listen, I'm part of DreamWorks. If you ever want me to show up again, you're going to vote for Shrek. And everyone like, okay, I love Shrek. Oh my god, ah, like, ugh. <laughs> I don't know. That's my headcanon now. All right. Spielberg just blackballed someone. That's good enough for me. Uh, Spirited Away. Yes. I got to watch this in theaters. This was awesome. Uh, this was pretty much that feast for animation that that bet was. And I'm okay with that. I don't know if there's anything else I need to really say besides this movie is just so inventive and so creative where it just feels like 
man, you guys really just want to see how far you could push it, and you did. My only regret is that you can kind of tell whenever they started mapping their actual 2D drawings onto 3D animations. I was like, oh, man, that's the drawings are very nice, but you can definitely tell that the scrolling is a little too smooth, like it's on something that's 3D. And thankfully, it's never up front and center. It's instead in the background. That's my only regret and why I think even though this is definitely a masterpiece in animation, I still always kind of wish that, you know, they did it a little bit more like Princess Mononoke, where Princess Mononoke is still where I think like the biggest standout of animation that Ghibli has, at least from what I've seen. Yeah, I agree. Like Princess Mononoke is still my favorite Ghibli movie. Spirit Away is actually my third um, in my Ghibli rankings, so it's I still love it. But uh, I like um, Howl's Moving Castle, which controversial opinion, but I like it a little bit more. And uh, Mononoke is just a masterpiece. So okay, uh, Spirit Away is going to be a. Um... Ghibli is always having around like October until the end of the year, their movies in theaters, maybe not AMCs, but like if you have like Edwards or smaller theaters, check your local listings. You might be able to find them next year out of 10. Uh, it's a four and a half out of five. Very good movie. That works for me. Uh, I have one, two, three movies left. Jesus Christ. So you start seven. killing things. Yeah. yeah, I've got seven, Kill. so I'll go. Uh, let's talk about House. I, I mean, what the oh. fuck do I say about this fucking movie, man? Like, I don't even know how to talk about this movie. Um, yeah, fuck me. It's a movie. <laughs> Look, <laughs> it, I, it's batshit insane. Like, I don't understand what the fuck's happening in, like, 99% of this movie. It, it's maybe some of the weirdest fucking editing I've ever seen in a movie. Like, bar oh. none, end of story. The editing in this movie is just so bizarre that I can't... And it's obviously purposeful. And I can't... I just... I'm like, man, how much fucking weed did you smoke to fucking come up with this idea? Like, literally. I, the entire thing, this entire movie from start to finish just feels like one giant fever dream. Like you, you, you went to bed at like eight o'clock. You had the sweats. You're fucking. You've got a really bad fever. You fall asleep. You dream this for the entire fucking night, and you wake up just drenched in fucking sweat, but you feel better. That's basically this movie in a nutshell. I like it, by the way. It's really fun. But fuck if I can tell you anything about it. Now, the fact that you said editing. That gives me a lot of joy because I really do like whenever movies can get crazy with editing. Because when you say that, you know what pops into my head? Perfect Blue. And I love Perfect Blue's third act because it just starts getting so trippy with the way it goes from scene to scene that it made me realize, fuck, man, I just really like whenever editing can get weird. So I do want to watch this at some point. It's funny you mentioned that because I was going to say, like, I almost feel like this movie could have been animated. <laughs> like, I literally think this movie could have been animated. It's so fucking weird and out there that and they just decided, now, nah, fuck it. We're going to make this live action and just edit like to look fucking crazy. And I think that's what they went with. So it's an interesting idea. Uh, and yeah, like it's part of the Criterion Collection. It's there for a reason. It's definitely it's definitely one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen, but. I mean, there's there's merit to it for sure. There's actually like the ending kind of like obviously won't spoil it because I hasn't seen it, but the ending kind of goes off in a different direction. And there's definitely some deeper meaning behind the whole movie. Uh, what that is, I have no fucking clue at all. But yeah. Oh, shit. Houses on HBO Max in the US. Oh, my God. HBO Max continues to be the best fucking streaming service out there. Might be worth a watch. 
Oh, okay, let's. I'm just gonna add this to my watch later. Uh, did you already give it a score? Uh, three and a half out of five. All right, house is gonna be uh once again HBO Max is the greatest thing ever, except streaming wise. Streaming wise is the fucking worst. Perfect. I, are you fucking kidding me? How? Okay, HBO. Is there really that much other stuff in house before you can give me that actual movie? God, oh my god. Do you want to watch House of Saddam Part 4? Do you yes. want to watch Mouse Hunt? Why is Mouse Hunt here? What? Yes. How far is it to get to... You know Fine, I'll just... Thanks. Thanks, HBO Max. Ugh. Can I just click on Google? Oh, my God. I can click on Google and it just... Oh, my God. Okay, that's awesome. I didn't know I can click on Google and it just hyperlinks it out to that listing in HBO Max. Okay, you know what? Thank you, Google. Fuck you, HBO Max. Moving on. Um. Oh, yeah. No, hold on. No moving on. Continue going with the next thing you have on your list. Right. Uh, let's talk about Sicario next. Um, so this, again, part of the collection rewatch. Got that beautiful 4K Steely. So that was next on the list. Um, yeah, I mean, it's Sicario. It's so great. There's so many good little things about this movie. And what I think I appreciate the most about this movie is, I swear to God, if you take this movie and put it, like, in, I don't know, I'll say... I'll say like 65 to 70% of director's hands. This is probably a generic action movie that you don't blink twice at. But you give it to fucking Danny. You give it to fucking the beautiful cinematography. You give him some good writing treatment from somebody he trusts. And the movie just fucking elevates to another level. And it's so great. Um, Emily Blunt is fantastic here. This is maybe my favorite role of hers. Um, there's just, there's so much to appreciate about this movie from the way it builds its tension, the story it basically ultimately tries to tell and how it gets there. It's just, ah, it's it's so fucking good. And the fact that I have this near the bottom of my Denny rankings just breaks my heart, but he just makes too much good shit. And unfortunately I couldn't move it up after a rewatch. I want to because it's so good, but there's just so much good stuff ahead of it too. But this movie's still fantastic. Hollywood homicide is on HBO max for some reason. I don't fucking know why I remember Hollywood homicide. Anyone listening to this, please don't remember that Hollywood homicide was mentioned during this segment because it's kind of an insult to Sicario that it's here. Um, To add on more to the fact about how you said, if it was any other director, Give it to Christian Gudegast. Yeah, that's that's a name I had to look up as well. Christian Gudegast directed Den of Thieves. Do you know what the fuck Den of Thieves is? It's okay. You don't need to know what Den of Thieves is because no one knows what Den of Thieves is. Give it to the person who directed 12 Bridges. Does anyone remember 12 Bridges? No. No one does. Give it to that person and you get a much worse Sicario because... Pretty much Sicario is box standard. It really is. But when you put Denny Villeneuve and you get Roger Deakins onto the same team and it's like, bro, we're about to pull this fucking team on our backs and run us through the finish line. And you know what? They did. This movie is awesome. The tension in this movie is unmatched. It's, it's great. Honestly, it's so damn good. Ooh, did I finally find House? I found House on HBO Max. We're fucking done. Gonna add that. Gonna hit a plus on it. It's in my watch later. Boom. Fucking did it. Scar is awesome. Um, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed when you were listing off all those directors. You didn't mention Stefano Sol- Solima. <gasps> Stefano Solima. I love Stefano Solomon. I love. Can you spell that so I can Google it? So I can tell you which movies of his I love? Sure. S-T-E-F-A-N-O. Stefano. S O L L I M A. And you'll see why pretty quick why I mentioned him specifically. 
Oh, Stefano Solima. He directed fucking Sicario Day of the Soldado. <laughs> A fucking classic. This man, this man spits out only classics, only the classics without remorse. I fucking without remorse, easily the best. Amazon original movie starring Michael B. Jordan in a movie based on Tom Clancy and from a novel by Rainbow Six. The fucking greatest movie ever. All right, I don't understand how you what, you can't put you can't put stink on this man's name. Okay, you can't keep him down. By the way, if you want another reason to hate IMDb, Sicario One is a seven point six out of ten. Sicario Two is a seven point one. I'm sorry, they should not even be that fucking close. I hope that <laughs> I hope that sounded good on the microphone because oh, I hit my okay. microphone and. <laughs> um but yeah like but that's the perfect example because if uh, unfortunately i've seen that sequel not only have i seen that sequel i saw it in theaters so fucking rip me and it is so utterly forgettable in every sense of the word it was a movie that never should have been made and to be honest with you maybe sicario should have never been made but you gave it to a fucking kino director and and by the way i didn't mention deacons because i was not entirely sure he did it but i thought he might have so glad it was him but you give it to a cinematographer like deacons and a director like uh denny it takes anything and elevates it and that's what exactly what happened to sicario and the fucking people that made that movie should be or, the, or that the owners of that franchise should be thankful as fuck they had him to make that movie. all right this is just going to be a weird connection stefano solima uh he directed a movie called sabura and i think it's italian and i don't know how but that sparked something in my brain and i went sabura that sounds really familiar and then i realized that Netflix made a series about it called Sabura Blood on Rome that's supposed to be a prequel to that movie and I watched a season of it and I just remember it being like every other Netflix show where it's just on and you just kind of go okay this is fine and I just remember it being really weird because around the end of the season spoilers if you fucking care about Sabura Blood on Rome sorry I'm not gonna give you a countdown that's enough of a warning right there one of the characters has been closeted gay the entire time and he's finally like he comes out of the closet to someone and he's like oh get away from me you gay and I just remember thinking this show is in like 2017 I know it's in Italy but like you're releasing this in 2017 i think we're all kind of tired of the game like i'm really tired of it just keep it out of the movies this is why i'm tired of the gays okay i'm tired of the gays in shit because at this point just make them gay and then never pay attention to it because that's okay that's fine when you make it a a pivotal point where it's wait we're still talking about sicario why am i going into this look sicario is good okay Oh, man. Uh, like, that's the thing i'm insulting sicario by talking about sabora blood on rome okay it's fine we're, we're actually running pretty under clock today so your tangents are are, are fine actually <laughs> how the fuck did i get to sabora blood on you went okay you know what we're playing six degrees of bacon here okay we went yeah. from sicario to sicario day of the soldado to stefan molyneux i don't i'm not gonna fucking remember his name to sabora to sabora blood on rome but that's that's five degrees right there we almost hit six. Oh, Sicario is fucking good. Okay, this movie is great. Watch it in 4K. That entire yes. ending sequence is just mm. awesome. It's mm. uh, what is that line again? It's this is the land of the what? Ah, uh, the land of the uh, fuck. What is that? Line? I forgot the line. Honestly, I just watched it too. Jesus Christ! I'll look it up because I I just want to make that my score. Uh, it's a four to five. Really great, fantastic. Okay. Um. The score is going to be, you should move to a small town. 
Somewhere the rule of law still exists. You will not survive here. You are not a wolf. And this is a land of wolves now. Out of 10. Beautiful. Beautiful. Also, the sequel doesn't exist out of 10. Correct. Yes, very true. Uh, Okay. And that's a really high praise score. Almost as high as Sean Mason out of 10. Oh, wait. Um, Hold on. Sean Mason out of 10. That's the Sean Mason out of 10 as well. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So you've still, okay, you got like three left? Uh, Yes. Okay. So I'm going to bang out two more then. Let's talk about Die Hard and Die Hard 2. So we're officially at my Christmas movies. These are all movies that I basically watch with my family for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So Die Hard is a tradition. Die Hard 2 is a tradition. Sometimes you get to Die Hard 3. Not always. Didn't happen this year. I also fell asleep during parts of Die Hard 2, but I've seen it enough that I feel like I can talk about it pretty affordably. But yeah, I mean, Die Hard, I mean, look. Like any, like there are two people in this world: people that are right and people that are wrong. If you think mm-hmm. Die Hard is a Christmas movie, you are correct. Correct. If you do not think it's a Christmas movie, you are wrong, and those are just facts. Look, we're um, gonna have to send you to the reprogramming committee. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I will reprogram your ass. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I, I love. There's so many things I love about Die Hard that I, I can't even begin. Like I didn't even take notes. That's how well I know this movie and how much I love this movie. Mm-hmm. But like, there are just so many great things. Like where to start with this? The fact that they dumped this movie in the middle of the summer because they thought nobody would watch it, and that they thought it was going to be a complete fucking box office bust. That they put a Christmas movie that, that takes place during Christmas in the middle of July. I thought was fantastic. Mm-hmm. You start there. Alan Rickman's fucking debut in fucking cinema. He was a fucking stage actor all before this, and he gets this role. And he's so fucking good in this role as the evil Hans Gruber. So many quotable lines, so much good shit here. And there's the famous scene at the very end. I mean, whatever. I'm going to... It's Die Hard. I come mean, on. If you haven't watched Die, die Hard, hard at spo- this point, what's wrong yeah. with you? I'm spoiling Die Hard. If you don't like it, fucking complain. I don't care. Tw- this movie is it. more than its ending, okay? <laughs> yeah. Fucking the scene where he gets pushed out at the end of the fucking building. I love the story behind that, that they didn't tell him that they were going to push him right that second and that he thought he had more time and they just pushed. So the look of fear on his face is actually genuine. <laughs> There's so Incredible. many great little fucking tidbits about this movie. So much cool facts. There's actually a really good documentary on it too that's fantastic if uh, if you've never seen it i i adore this movie it's just the perfect movie to throw on at christmas time yippee ki motherfucker mm-hmm. ho 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 i have a machine gun now there are so many things in this movie that are quotable this movie is easily whenever you're talking about the canon of 1980s movies that you're supposed to watch die hard's right there there's nothing you can say that will ever get it off that list and if you do not, I hope that your ass can support USB sticks when we send you to the reprogram committee, okay? Because you're going to need to have some ports on you to fucking fix your wrong thinking, all right? Now, I guess I'm going to just throw this out there. It's existed for a little bit, but for some reason, I just don't know how to advertise it properly, okay? I've had a Discord channel for Passive Pixels for a while, and I just don't ever know what to do with it. I guess if you're listening to this and you want in... You're probably listening to this and you know how to contact me in some way. Because it's not like anyone here is listening that doesn't know how to contact me. Whatever. Bother me. I'll send you an invite. The reason I mention this is because I do not know how to share pictures with people about stuff that's involved in this show. Right now in the middle of recording, I posted a picture of something that my godfather had given to me as a Christmas gift. And it is something that I dearly love now and is going to be on my Christmas tree until I die. 
or that tree dies, and then it will go on the next tree. And it is a picture of John McClane in a little metal box, and it's him in the vents holding a lighter. And the coolest thing is, is that within that little box behind there is a little LED that turns on to mimic the, the, the lighter he's holding in that scene. And I gotta tell you, it's possibly one of the best Christmas ornaments I've ever gotten. And I have a little SNES that plays the Super Mario World theme. So, you know, pretty damn cool ornament. It's a Christmas movie. Reprogramming a committee if you disagree. Yeah, that, that's fucking awesome. And it's so funny you mentioned that because we actually, my uh, my my dad got a diehard Christmas ornament um, this uh, Christmas too. And it's basically the exact same idea as that, but it's like uh, uh, animated, like an animated version of him, like a, like a stuffed, like cutesy looking teddy bear version of him. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool. I'll take a picture later and send it to you because it looks really cool. Yes, please. Um, but yeah, I think he took one and sent it to me. I think, mm. but yeah, it looks fucking phenomenal. Uh, it's cool, and yeah, this is just like I said, de facto Christmas movie, fucking great. Uh, it, I mean, what else to say? It's Die Hard. Come on, come on. All right. Let me see if this works. Uh, Dan the Maker Man. By the way, Maker. So like literally making stuff. Maker Man, Die Hard. Let's see if he has this uploaded on YouTube. Damn it. Uh, it did not pop up. Let's just see if I can look up Dan the Maker Man. Dan the Maker Man does show up. Let's see if he did post this video. No, he didn't. That is okay. Oh, well. Either way, I guess I'll just shout out his YouTube channel because this man's really, really talented and it frightens me because it reminds me that I am useless. Dan the Maker Man on YouTube. Uh, this man makes things. He's the one who actually made the ornament. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really fucking cool. So, uh, if you if you for some reason uh, don't value your time and want to join the Passive Pixels Discord, definitely join and check that out. God, why why would you ever do that? If for some reason you do, fine, fine. But like, literally, if you jump in, see the picture, and then leave, I think it's easily the best way to do it. Yeah, if you stay, I'm gonna judge you. I judge everyone who's in there. At all. Yeah. And then they're like, hey, do, you talked about this thing? And I'm like, I'm so sorry you listened to it. I hope you didn't listen to the whole episode, at least. You know, that, please, that's your consolation prize if you didn't listen to the whole thing. Yeah. So that's all I have to say. Die Hard's a four and a half out of five. Great movie. Die Hard is dope as hell. Um, we're going to do jumping away from an explosion. Danger close out of 10. Perfect. Uh, so just quickly die hard too. I mean, it, for me, it's more of the same. Obviously it's not nearly as classic as the first one, but I still really enjoy it. Uh, in fact, all of the trilogy, the original tree trilogy, then they, the, the other two movies don't exist. I don't know what you're talking about, but the, uh, but the second one, I think it's fun too. It also takes place during Christmas time. So you kind of get a similar thing. You get some funny moments there. Uh, you get another fun villain. Uh, that's the thing. The first three movies have actually really fun villains that they, I don't know. They just don't do them like that in action movies all of the time anymore. But yeah, it just usually will throw that one on afterwards. And that's kind of the point where like people are like taking their naps and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I, I conked out for a good 20 minutes of the movie this time and woke up. I was like, oh, we're at this part. Nice. <laughs> and so it's the perfect movie for that sort of thing. Okay. Uh, Die Hard 2. Never seen it. So instead, I'm going to talk about Dread. Dread is my Die Hard 2. I'm going to go ahead and give <laughs> Die Hard 2 a Dread out of 10. I need to watch Dread. Still haven't seen it. Uh, Dread is basically drug trip Die Hard with a sci-fi aesthetic. Yeah, I'm probably gonna love it. I can't wait for that. I've been, mm -hmm. I bet I, I, I'm sure. Sure, I've told my fucking story about uh, RoboCop on here, so that's held me off forever. 
Um, well, I forget. I, heard... I, do, I don't remember this story. Oh, I was really sick. This was a long time ago. Now. Oh, this wait, wait, like wait. Maybe... I think I remember it. It's basically that you were too sick. You thought you were going to watch <laughs> Dread, and then you accidentally watched the remake of... of um... Robocop. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I mixed them up. like Because everybody's like, oh, this remake's so good. So I thought people were talking about Robocop, but it was actually Dread, and I watched Robocop. I'm like, what the fuck are people talking about? This is trash. Like, this is terrible. This is one of the worst movies I've ever fucking seen in my life. This is inside. yeah and then sure enough it's like oh wait that was dread well now i don't want to watch dread fuck it so (laughs) um yeah but all wasn't lost after that i watched uh, 21 jump street and that oh hell yeah oh yeah from went from that from to 21 jump street which was great uh but yeah so die hard 2 is uh is like a four out of five or three and a half out of five i don't know what i have it ranked but it's a good movie okay die hard with a vengeance uh which one's that the third one that's three oh i didn't watch it oh i thought you i thought you said that Oh. oh Okay. All right. Well, um, uh, that that really kills the next joke I was gonna go with. Um, I'll go ahead. Give us a joke. Okay. No, I was, I was. That's the thing. I thought you were gonna talk about that, and I was gonna commandeer it and be like, "Let's talk about live free or die hard now." Oh no! Sorry, man. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm gonna still do it anyways. I already dropped it. Live free or die hard. I remember renting this at Blockbuster. Yeah, Blockbuster was still around in 2007. Fucking sue me. Uh, that's gonna be a. I remember Mary Elizabeth Winstead being in there. Bonk out of ten. <laughs> yeah. No shit. Eh. Justin Long doesn't have a career, and that's okay. No shit. Um, Okay, I'm going to bangle one more here, and then you can do whatever. Uh, Just because I don't have too much to hit. Bonk. Um, (laughs) Just because I don't have too much to say about it. Uh, I'm just going to talk about The Ref for a minute. Um, Mm. This is kind of an underrated Christmas comedy, in my opinion. So it's an adult adult comedy, again, taking place during Christmas, and not a lot of people kind of talk about it or give it the respect it deserves. But I think it's pretty fucking funny. Uh, it stars Dennis Leary, who I think in general is unrelated. I think uh, underrated, excuse me. I think the guy's hilarious. Kevin Spacey's in this movie too, randomly. Um, so there's a good cast here. And it's just like, it's it's perfect. It's just like about a, a couple that, uh, everyone knows a couple like this that just fucking hate each other's guts, but they're still together for some reason. Mm-hmm. And that's basically these two. And this thief tries to fucking rob their place and gets like stuck in the middle of like these two and basically has to spend <laughs> the night with them refereeing them basically and it's just ridiculous but it's a lot of fun there's actually some pretty good heart in there um and yeah like it's not a classic by any means it's certainly not as good as like a thousand other christmas movie even but it's fun and like no one talks about it like no one's seen this movie so i just want to give it a shout out put on the radar we watch this on christmas eve and yeah it's a fun movie I've added this to my watch later because I love the idea of a dude like, oh man, I'm coming in. And then they're just like, ah, shut the fuck up. Rob us later. We're bitching about the plates. And he's like, ah, fuck. You know what? Maybe I can't rob you guys. I'm going to have to fix this. But while you're not <laughs> looking, I'm still going to rob you guys. <laughs> yeah, there's like a bit where he like has to end up like like a bunch of people end up coming over for Christmas dinner. So he has to pretend to be their marriage counselor. And it's all <laughs> So it's it's got some pretty good laughs in there. It's it's like your typical 1994 cheesy comedy. One interesting factoid I will say about this though mm-hmm. is the guy who directed this movie, uh, his name is Ted Demi. And he didn't do much. He did Blow and Life and a couple other shitty movies. But he is hold on, I gotta look this up. Give me a sec here. I'm looking through Justin Long's here filmography, so he... and this man has just done so much garbage. <laughs> this man, I, this, I thought this man disappeared. He's like, 
2013, he has four listings. 2014, one, two, three, four, no, five listings. One in 2015, which is Alvin and the Chipmunks. One, two, three, four, five, six listings in 2016. Just in long, I thought disappeared. Who the fuck is still giving this man work? I don't know, man. Somebody fucking has some naked pictures or something. I don't know. I guess. That's okay. Um, he's, he's pulling the Pete Davidson. Yeah, no shit. So he's actually, so, so Ted Demi, he's the brother of Jonathan Demi. And if you know Jonathan Demi, this guy, just a little known director who directed the fucking Silence of the Lambs in Philadelphia. No what? Yeah. So obviously one brother got the fucking talent stick in that tree and they both tried to make movies, but yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, could you imagine if like in one of those mo- Oh man, who is it? Oh my god. Okay, I'm looking this up and I'll cut all this out because I like my joke. Can you imagine if the Cohen brothers, like apparently one of them just really fucking sucked and then one of them was like really good and then they teamed up and like they some reason just made something so good and then one of them went off alone and they just both fucking sucked? Like I'd love to see if these two brothers could come together and actually make something good. Well, even better. Yeah, well, the fucking one of the Cohen brothers is doing the fucking um, Macbeth movie by himself, so I guess we'll see. Oh wait, seriously? That's just one of them? Yep, it's just one of them. Dude, I saw that poster and I was like, oh man, look at that. They're coming around again. Now that you tell me it's just one of them, it's like, I don't know about that. I already have one movie uh, on my list from just one of a pair that um, I didn't really like. So um, we'll see. I don't know about that one. Yeah, we'll wait. We'll wait until the Safdie brothers get their fucking break and do one each. I don't know. We'll see. Hold on. I just remembered that one of the Safdie brothers popped up in Licorice Pizza, and I kept looking at him like, who the fuck are you? Oh, really? He's in who it? Who are you? He, he acts in a surprising amount of movies, funny enough. Mm-hmm. But, like, I still kept, I was like, who are you? Who are you? And it wasn't until I, like, sat down for the credits and I saw that Benny Safdie popped up. I was like, oh, that's who you were. I knew, like, oh, my God. Like, it was it was pulling my brain matter trying to figure out where he was. Yeah, I'd like to imagine the Safdie brothers and Paul Thomas Anderson are just, like, good friends and, like... They're just bros. Like, dude, I love your movie. Like, I love your movie too. Bro, come hang out with me. I like that. Uh, But yeah, that's all I have to say about the wrap. Fun movie, three and a half out of five. Okay. Um, Are we shortened enough now that we go back and forth? Yeah, I only have two left now. Okay. Let's get drive out of the way. We've been waiting for too fucking long. We got drive. Drive, Drive. baby. Oh, fucking dope. Dope. Oh my God. This movie's dripping with so much style. Why Mm -hmm. is just... Oh my god, they have basically Ryan Gosling doing literally almost nothing in this movie. Like, this man does not move his face at all. It almost looks like he just got Botox done, and he's just but he's like, so doing nothing. Cool. But he's so cool! Why is he so cool? This man drives! It's the, it's the jacket. It's the scorpion jacket. Oh my god. You want to know what the problem is? Is that Reddit has taken over Drive, so now you would see these things, and if someone else did it, it's like really cringe. But like, if you teleport yourself back to 2011, it's still so fucking cool. Oh my god. Why is this movie just dripping so much with style? And like, the entire soundtrack is just this synth wave that you just, oh my god. Watching this entire movie, look, you're going to hate this, but like, it still gives me the same end result. Shut up. Fast and Furious, by the time I'm done watching one of those movies, I want to go fucking do a burnout in an empty parking lot. By the time I was done with Drive, I want to go and do donuts in an empty parking lot, except this time the windows rolled down and I'm like taking shots at the other people in the parking lot. That's what I want to do. Drive is dope. Love this movie. I'm looking for yeah, a steal. Yeah, it's, really, 
yeah, it's really great. Um, yeah, you're getting a nice steel book for it. I'm getting a nice steel book for it too, which will be in the next package you're sending me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, this movie's fucking great. And there's a 4K cut coming. Oh, yes, yes. This will be oh a very God. nice looking. There's so much nighttime scenes in this movie too. It's gonna be a beautiful looking 4K. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, nice cut. Uh, yeah, this movie's fucking great, man. Like, I we we didn't get a lot of time to talk about it, unfortunately, in the last episode because we were so constrained for time. And now we have um, time. And now we have some time. Like, yeah, this movie's just so fucking well done, man. Like I said, like I ha- I had an argument in the Discord and like I, about this about Ryan Gosling and charisma. I'm sure you remember this. Mm-hmm. Yes, I and, do. And 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 I still maintain By the way, he's not ours. Cool. The Last of Us. The Last of Us. <laughs> No, yeah. not that. The oh, yeah. last damn the last of this movie. Oh, well, no. You want to make this a four-hour episode? I'll create a fucking channel right now about just Last of Us arguments, okay? <laughs> but no, Last Stand Media Discord, not mine. Mine is pretty yes. much dead until an episode drops. And then there's three more messages, and then we're good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, he, I don't know. He's so, in this movie, he's so charismatic to me. And you're right. He doesn't move his fucking face. He doesn't need to move his face. He's just, yo, I'm Ryan Gosling. Look, I'm going to fucking protect you. He's so fucking cool. He just has a charm to him. I don't think it's charisma. I think it's just like the, the, Nicholas Winding Refn walk up to him and is like, hey, look, this movie isn't the notebook, but can you give me that smile from the notebook? But just like 50%. I don't need full on 50%. And the thing is, Ryan Gosling doesn't already smile 100%. He's already at a 50% smile. So he's doing even less, and yet somehow the charm is still there. I don't know how this man does it. All I know is that no matter what he does, he just continuously convinces me to want to buy a jacket that I cannot pull off. He's done this twice now. He's done it for Drive, and he's done it for Blade Runner 2049, where I see a jacket that looks really fucking cool, where I feel like I should get it, but I know damn well I can't pull it off. Yeah, I wouldn't even try, man. Like, <laughs> I'd wear that jacket, like, take one look in the mirror and be like, well, that was a waste of $500. <laughs> I'm not wearing this in public. You know um, what? Instead, I'll get the driving gloves. I can I can pull that off. Yeah, but yeah, man. Like, there's so many. Brian Cranston's in this movie. He's great in it. I love Brian Cranston. Anything he shows up in, I'm always happy about. Carrie Mulligan, she's so great. Like, she's great in everything she does. I love her. Uh, she was like the only thing that I. Like, she fucking carried the promising young woman for me. She's great in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christina Hendricks just bonk. Like, that's all I got to say about that. Oh, yeah, uh, she for, was in that. I forgot. Yeah, she's in it for a little bit, not very long. Um, <laughs> Ron Perlman's in this, too. So there's just a great cast in here. Uh, a lot of good fucking people. And it's just a very well-made movie. It's just cool, man. Like, uh, Nicholas uh, Winding... Uh, I don't know how to say Nich- name, Nicholas right? Winding Reffin. Reffin, thank you. Um, like, I've only seen this in Bronson. And I love Bronson, too. Bronson's great, by the way. But I've only seen this in Bronson. I had no idea he had made these movies. And I even had less of an idea that he was... Kojima's buddy of Death Stranding. I had no idea about any of this. So when I finally watched this movie and looked up that director and saw his face, I was like, oh, that's the Death Stranding guy. And you all laughed at me. But I, <laughs> fucking I honestly, Zoomer. You fucking I, Zoomer. I know. Fucking Christ. <laughs> I honestly did not know. So, and it was cool. Like, I really dug this. Now, I've heard his other stuff isn't quite as good, but I'm still going to check it out. Like, the Neon Demon, I really want to check out. So, Ooh, that's not um, one for you. That's not one for you. Probably not, but I'm still going to watch it and give it the benefit of the doubt because I like this guy. And I won't hold it against him if I don't. Um, and yeah, so, but yeah, drive is just, there's just something that's just, you put it on, you just sit, kick back, relax. And you're like, time to watch some fucking cool shit. 
And that's basically what it is for a couple hours, and you just get a really enjoyable time out of it. Okay, so Drive. Let's see. Uh, oh, Carrie Mulligan. I did want to bring her up. This girl, she's, how old is she? She's 36 right now, which means that she was 26 when she did Drive. She looks like she's like just barely 17. And every time I look at her in this movie, it, she still has such youthful features where it just makes you. Here's the thing. Babies. Oh, God, that's a hard swerve right now. Whatever. You'll see where I'm going here. Babies specifically have kind of very rounded features around their heads. So it tricks us biologically to be like, ooh, you're delicate. Let's protect you. Carrie Mulligan has that look and drive. So the entire movie, you're just like, you need to be utterly protected at all costs. And you know what? Damn it, it works. Every single time that, oh, I was about to say Nicholas Winding Refn, every single time that Ryan Gosling just is like, I'm going to fuck shit up because of Carrie Mulligan, you're just like, I'm in your corner right there. Let's go ahead. You're trying to save Oscar Isaacs and probably like a really stupid plan. I'm fucking in. I don't care. I'm in. I want to watch where this goes because Carrie Mulligan throw everything for her. I don't even mean that in a bonk way. I just mean that in like a very like biological sense of I must protect this thing. Oh, I mean it in a bonk way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you can say that. I know. <laughs> um, and the, can we can we like just like sh- shout out to the elevator scene? Like I fucking oh. love that scene so goddamn much man it's so well shot and you're just like oh fuck me and it's just it's probably the most emotion you see at a ryan gosling in the movie and it's great and even still then it's like 20 percent of motion from his face yeah it's the 20 percent of motion of the face but you get the you you finally you know there's a little bit of fire behind those eyes a little bit (laughs) Okay, I don't want to go into spoilers, but because I feel like I can dance around them. But yeah, same, same. The fucking punches of violence in this movie mm. are awesome because, like, there's a shotgun blast that happens. You're like, oh, wow, this is the movie now. This is the movie. And the elevator scene is another moment where you're like, oh, that's sweet. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, oh yeah, keep going. Keep going. Okay, you can stop now. Okay, we are now beyond the point where you should have stopped. So at this point, keep going because I want to see how far we can push it. And then we get a hammer scene later on. You're like, oh, oh. Do you see this? If we didn't have Spider Bait at the beginning, I would have probably named this the hammer episode because we have Drive over here. We have you were never really there. Completely just silent, almost silent protagonist beating the shit out of people with hammers. Big fan of those movies. That, Got to be one of my favorite genders. Yeah, that, that's literally all I need. Just give me, give me a silent protagonist that looks cool. And give me a hammer, and uh, you know, give me a reason to care about why he's fucking those people up. Mm-hmm. I'm in. Either give him depression or give him charm. I'm good yep. with either. Yeah, depression or charm. Either one of them works, or both. Both could work. All right. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else about Drive? I don't know. That soundtrack just bumps. Oh, so good. Yeah, the music in this is phenomenal. I actually watched this on Amazon Prime, so I'll be excited. I actually, I'm not. I think it's funny when you. I was gonna watch it, the rewatch it when you sent me the Steelbook, but now I'm not. Like I'll just wait for the 4K cut, and we're gonna do the old switcheroo on that, unless there's a better Steelbook that comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, even if not, I'm just gonna buy the 4K and put that in there. So oh, and shit. then I will rewatch. So. You're right. There is a 4K cut coming. I need to remind myself that because I keep looking at the Steelbook, thinking, "Oh yeah, I should buy you." Yeah. No way. Wait, because we'll you never know what's going to come with it, right? We might get a really, really sexy Steelbook. So that's that's the thing. I can't spend 80 bucks on a Hong Kong Steelbook in case if they release it over here. I doubt it because it looks like it's one of those high end ones. But you know, still, 
We'll hold yeah. on. You never know, though. You could, you could get, like, some beautiful one, too, that comes out here. It happens. So. True, but, like, that specific one, if you guys want to look it nice. up, Drive Hong Kong Steelbook. I'm pretty sure that's not going to really help, but it's one where he is, like, on a freeway overpass and sitting next to his car. Well, standing next to his car. It's dope. I like it. I kind of want it, but I'm still kind of hoping that we get a nice steelbook whenever the 4K comes out. So I'm going to hold on. It's funny. Drive has a lot of steelbooks, especially for like such a small movie. And most of them are actually pretty ugly. It's unfortunate. It doesn't have a ton of real nice ones. Like the one I got, I think, is actually pretty nice. Um, And then, and I think you're like the one you're looking at is easily the nicest one. But most of them are just not very good. Oh, wait, actually, hold on. Let If you search Drive Mondo, the first poster that pops up is the steelbook I want. But then if you go to the fourth option, that is the steelbook for Mondo for Drive. And you know what? Both are good. You can't go wrong with either. Well, there's your steelbook lesson for the day. That fucking steelbooks, man. This is Passive Pixels, a steelbook catch-up podcast, okay? That's all we are now. <laughs> Basically. All right. We'll so denote let- from now on whenever we got the steelbook. Exactly. So you know what? In that vein, let's go ahead and give scores, and then I'll transition. That's good. Uh, Drive is an easy four out of five for me. Great movie. Drive is going to be a real human and a real hero. Out of ten. All right. Uh, transition. Over to steelbooks. Blade Runner 1982. Now, this is the movie that, regardless of how I feel about it, it would have stayed in the collection because for about an entire hour, my ceiling speakers were kicking ass because of this movie. Because half of the movie takes place in the rain, and you have blimps flying overhead that are yelling at you. And that is basically a perfect recipe for ceiling speakers. And, oh my god, holy shit, I was losing my mind pretty much this entire movie with the sound design because being like that's the thing i think this might be my reference material now for showing people why atmos matters the rain that's the thing i even put it on earlier because i got a steelbook for blade runner 1982 i was gifted to it i was gifted it by my brother-in-law i uh, he told me what do you want i went just hand me this we're good he gave me this steelbook and i decided to check and see if it was region locked or not it wasn't thankfully I immediately cut to that scene, and oh my god, seriously, this theater room started sounding like it was just pouring in here. I was so happy with this. However, let's go ahead and talk about this movie. I definitely didn't give this enough credit for how much I enjoyed it. However, the things I still hate, I think I hated even more than I did previously, because Blade Runner 2049 exists, and it just makes me even angry. I hate the Okay, go ahead and go to that mirror. Enhance. Go ahead and reverse the image. Enhance. Go ahead and flip the image backwards and then make a little, do a little dance. Enhance. Go ahead and flip the image. Go ahead and go to box B4, A7. Enhance. Go ahead and zoom in on that crockpot. Go ahead and reverse the image and Google search backwards and then click it to the USB and the hope it dope Enhance. Fucking, I still, that scene is two minutes long. And I feel like every single time I watch that scene, it is seven hours long. I really hate that scene. Also, I'm just, look, you are going to have opinions about this. And you know what? We already argued it, but I still really fucking hate the unicorn. I hate that unicorn with such a passion that I wish that there was a cut that got rid of it. 
because I hate the unicorn. I hate the implications of it. If you want this argument again, I will just cut in the argument we had from Blade Runner the last time. <laughs> yeah, just, just copy and paste it. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> yes, you like it. You like ambiguity. I can't stand you. You're the worst. Steelbook is gorgeous. And I'm going to ignore the fact that you told me that it's not a unique Steelbook. It's part of a line of Steelbooks of random movies. Because you know what? <laughs> Those don't exist to me anymore. They don't exist. I like this one alone. It's funny. The best Blade Runner Steelbook I think I've seen. And they're all and like they're all so they're all so fucking they're all expensive. terrible. Well, no, I I like I hate the unicorn. I like the unicorn. I like the unicorn one. That one's my favorite. Um, uh, look, first of all, first of all, let me just say this: I'm glad you finally got to watch it in 4K because I can't obviously be the audio stuff, but the vid, the the visuals of that is one of the nicest 4Ks I've seen. Like, oh I yes, I agree with that. Love that visually. It was phenomenal and definitely reference material there. It's great. And I'm not surprised that it had an Atmos track that kicked ass too. So that's great. Mm -hmm. But yes, Um, you are right. They did take care of a lot of the film green where mm -hmm. it was there, but it was not distracting. Yeah. No, they did a really amazing job with that transfer. Like I said, that and 2049 are somehow two of the fucking most pristine 4Ks I've seen. So I don't know how that series managed to get two of them, but there you go. Blessed me. Yeah, they just look amazing and sound amazing too, I'm sure. Wait, hold on. Um, it was a Zabby exclusive. I just realized that my Steelbook is a Zabby exclusive. Yep, that entire line that doesn't exist is Zabby exclusive. <laughs> Dope. Um, if anyone ever wants to see what it looks like, Blade Runner Zabby Steelbook. Zabby is spelled Z-A-V-V-I. That is two V's like the Vavitch. Zabby. Vivich. Uh, and shout out to Zavi. I've ordered I've ordered a steelbook from them, so hopefully it gets here soon. Uh, but they actually ship pretty cheap to Canada, and they've got some good steelbooks, so I'll be ordering more from them in the future if that works out. Shout out to Zavi. You guys gave me Paddington 2 in 4K because apparently it never got a 4K cut in the U.S. Fuck you guys. I agree. But yeah, Blade Runner. Uh, fucking great movie. Yeah. Blade Runner. Very good. I still... The ending really actually still pisses me off. Every time I think about it, it's like, <laughs> like why? 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 Like, I... That's actually... Gotta have that ambiguity. Oh, this is where my beef with Ridley Scott starts, and this is why I maybe don't want to watch The Last Duel. Like, I feel like I need to punish him every single time that I remind that he exists, because this is the only thing I can do, damn it. Just watch House of Gucci instead. <laughs> I'm... You already punished yourself, okay? I, I'm, I can't join. I can't. I can't. I'll find different ways to flagellate myself, okay? <laughs> Fuck me. Um, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Blade Runner. It, it, it's going to be a... Oh, man. You know what? It's going to be ceiling speakers out of 10. As in, it's pretty <laughs> cool, but also, do you know how much work it was to do that? I'm in pain. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, Blade Runner, I talked about it earlier on, a, on, a, on an episode, like a few episodes ago. Yeah. Uh, it's a five out of five for me, and it's one of my favorite movies of all time. So, very high on that movie. Uh, I think it's just a sci-fi masterpiece, so... Yeah, I love it. All right. Uh, I think I accidentally screwed up the order again, so I think you got two more. Yeah, I got two more, so I'm going to bang them out now. Um, I'll go uh, It's a Wonderful Life here first. Um, So, It's a Wonderful Life. So, this was interesting. So, I kind of have a thing with movies. And I'm, I'm pretty, like, I try not to be on my phone during my movie. I don't like it as much. You know, occasionally I'll break and I'll check something and that happens. I'll try to pause the movie. But if a movie's not catching my attention, then I'm going to go on my fucking phone. Like I just, I, I get kind of like an utter disrespect to a movie. Now I give it like 10, 15 minutes to kind of draw me in. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if it's not drawing me in at that point, then I'm saying, okay, well, fuck you. You had your chance. Mm-hmm. This movie, I was about 15 minutes into it and I was on my phone. 
I was having some lively conversation with the Discord boys and LSM, talking about everything else. And I was like, man, you know what, guys? I think this might be a miss for me. It was about 25 minutes in or so, half an hour. It's a very slow starting movie. Yeah. Um, to the point where I was like, yeah, I just, I don't get this. Like, I don't understand what people are seeing in this. But it kind of turns a corner shortly after that and it gets watchable and it's actually like, I'm like, all right, this is pretty good. It's a bit of a roller coaster and then you kind of get to the end and then you finally hit the end. And you kind of hit this crescendo and it's really out of nowhere. Like it's so quick. It happens yeah. all so quick and you just kind of don't even get that much time to process it. And it just kind of had a moment where it clicked in my head. I was like, okay, yeah, I get it now. Um, is it my favorite movie of all time? No. Nope. Is it my favorite Christmas movie of all time? No. But it's a fantastic movie. I think it's really great. And I can understand now where people are coming from that really love this movie. And I have a lot of respect for it now because, you know, it made it made me well up a little bit, too. And I have no soul. So if a movie does that, then uh, you know, I, I got to give it all the props I can give it. Um, but yeah, again, I talked about Nightmare Alley early, but for a movie that takes place in the 40s, I mean, hey, it holds up pretty well. Um, the ending really, like I said, seals the deal. Um, and yeah, like it's just. I almost, it's interesting. I was almost expecting a little bit more misery porn out of the first half of the movie. And then once, it, once you, and once you, you finally do start getting some of that misery porn a little bit later on in the movie, it kind of hits hard. Um, and that's where I started to really enjoy it. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a fantastic movie though. I understand the love for it. I don't know if I'm going to run out and get the steel book for it. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I did. You see, I feel like I, okay. I feel like I prepared you for this promptly where I was like, you're probably not going to feel too much at the beginning. And then I was thinking that like the ending is where all the depression was. I could have sworn like I warned you of that. You probably did, but that would require me listening to you. So that, okay. You know what? That is, that's actually a really good excuse. Fuck. I don't have a defense for that one. You absolutely did. And for whatever reason, I probably just in one ear out the other. And I was like, Oh fuck. Why is this movie starting so slow? So, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I remember watching this in middle school and I remember that that's the thing. I think it was in a drama class that I didn't even enroll myself into. I don't know how I fucking got in there, but I remember specifically that the drama teacher that I had was like, Oh, she was showing us. I think the five different things in a movie where you have exposition, rising action, climax, falling action and resolution. Holy shit. I remember it. Oh my God. Did I learn from something from school and it still stuck with me? Holy shit. Wow. Okay. Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm, okay. I'm getting back to this. Uh, she was explaining that it's a wonderful life as a movie that basically has a super long exposition. So I think because I was even told that even before I watched the movie, I was like, oh, okay. Somehow I still fucking remember this 13 or 14 years later. Honestly, good job, Mrs. I'm sorry. I don't remember your name, but hey, you taught me something that I remember even years after. Good job. Um, another thing is, I remember specifically that she had beef with Keanu Reeves because she's like, he doesn't know how to act. And now years later, you know what? It doesn't matter if he can't act. This man has the hardest working job in all of Hollywood because this man actually wants to do his own stunts and learn his shit. Yeah, Tom Cruise is over there. Shut up. I'm trying to make a point here, okay? It's impossible. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the, man, the man is risking his life all the time. But like Keanu Reeves learned Kung Fu, okay? And now i'm look that's gonna be a complaint whenever we talk about the matrix okay i mean at least, at least matrix resurrection whatever we'll get there but yeah it's a wonderful life 
whole lot of exposition but the fact that they open up very early on with the angels i was like oh that's how you set it up because like i didn't remember that at all i just kind of thought that the movie started and eventually boom angel pop-ups like oh well oh uh, you know what 1940s i guess yeah fine i guess in the 1940s if an angel popped up people were like yeah that makes sense <laughs> yeah that's definitely something i don't think you'd see today but it, i mean nope. it makes sense for the time period and it, i mean it's believable it, it circles back around in the ending and makes it all make sense so it's fine so yeah it's a wonderful life i, I still fucking love this movie and uh but yeah, the ending hit hard. Like it, it, it got the point. Yeah, it hit it hit hard. Like if it, if it didn't hit that hard, I'd probably be a lot more down on it. Um, but no, it hit hard. It hit the right notes, and uh, it definitely left an impression. So full credit to that. Was it the stock market crash that got you back in? Yeah, um, yeah, the stock market crash. I would say I was a bit more in. I was like, okay, okay, let's go. I I think where I really started to get back in though, and like be like really kind of like off my phone and back invested in it, was probably when he loses the money. Well, no, that's really late. Holy shit, that's really late in the movie. Yeah, I mean, up until like, I mean, there's a lot of like, because I mean, I'm such an asshole, but there's just there's still so much joy for me. Like he still has his wife, and they're happy together. They're rebuilding <laughs> the house, and the kids in there. Like, All right, man, can something bad happen to you? <laughs> where's so, the heroin addiction? Where's the where's the ass to ass no you fucking beat me to it damn it oh that was gonna be my next joke (laughs) requiem for a dream coming soon (laughs) oh god oh okay um great it would be us that would talk about it's a wonderful life and requiem for a dream comes up god we're fucking morose um okay it's a wonderful life (laughs) I love this movie. Out of 10. It's going to be a Sean Mason out of 10. Yeah, it's a 4 out of 5 for me. It's a classic, so I definitely understand where the love comes from. It's a really great movie. For sure. Okay. Um, am I going next? Do I I only have one movie left. Yeah, you can go. I can go. It doesn't matter to me. Okay. Uh, Apocalypse Now. I forget. Did you watch it, or were you going to want to rewatch it? No, this. So this is one I need to rewatch. I have seen it, but I honestly don't remember as much as I would like. But I have seen it. All right. Topic is being punted for whatever episode I ship this box out into. Apocalypse Now. Fucking great. Love this movie. Bought it for fifteen bucks. The box is too big, so I've decided to buy a steel book. That's gonna get here probably in a couple of days. So movie really good. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, it's a classic. I apologize. I mean, actually, no, this one's not my fault because he had to rip it out of my steelbook and watch it. Yes, I did. (laughs) Yeah, that was my fault. Yeah, blame him on this one. That's why I haven't watched it yet or else I would have by now. Uh, But yeah, no, I will watch it and we'll have a a deeper conversation on it because it's a good movie, but it's definitely I need a refresher on it because when I first saw it, I was kind of during my young phase and I still loved it, but it's kind of in the Magnolia sense where I need the refresher. That is correct. All right, I'm going to go ahead and give this the score of... um... Fuck the French out of 10. Uh, I'm going to give it a score. This is going to be the shortest episode in a while out of 10. Look at that. Wow, um, so la- last movie, Joker. 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 So, uh, Joker. We live in a society. Joker man. <laughs> Joker man. So uh, yeah. Or otherwise known as King of Comedy, the two, the sequel. Um, uh, look, the squeakle. The squeakle. Look, this movie is really great, uh, but it's, it's kind of, it's almost another Jake Gyllenhaal facial hair situation. For me. <laughs> You've got Joaquin Phoenix, one of my favorite actors alive today, playing my favorite character probably ever that I have tattooed to my leg in The Joker. Obviously, I'm going to be biased about this movie, I, and I am. I'm incredibly biased about this movie. Um, like let, 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 let's get some facts out of the way. Uh, if, if Joaquin Phoenix wasn't in this movie, 
and there was some other actor. Would this movie be half as good as I think it is? Probably not. No. Um, I think it's fine. I think there's some decent stuff in there. There's some good ideas. Uh, and I think it's a little bit shit on too hard. Like I think Todd Phillips did a pretty good job here. Uh, anything Oscar worthy? No, no, God, no. But with Joaquin Phoenix in here, he absolutely carries this movie on his back and he just makes this into something that's really unforgettable for me. Uh, it, it just, you take a, it's just the, there's so much good stuff in this movie. He's just so perfect for this role. You take, it's basically like, there's nothing comic booky in this movie until like the last, like maybe 15, 20 minutes when you kind of get your crazy ending. And once again, you get to see Batman's parents die. Spoilers. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I was, if you were going to say it, I was going to, I'm it sorry, happens that, again. Of course they had to throw a fucking in there. It, it's a um, never ending loop. It's a never ending fucking loop with that shit. I swear. I thought this oh, movie would be safe from it too. Like I really did, but it wasn't. Do you want to know how you improve death loop? Just make it where your target is the Wayne's parents. Yeah, no shit. Eh? <laughs> I'll be playing death loop soon. I got it for Christmas. So I'll have some thoughts on that eventually. I want you to just put it on PC and mod it. So all the, all the NPCs are the Wayne's parents. God, that's a great idea, but no, I don't, I don't do mods or PC. No, boy. Um, it's just pearls. Fuck me. <laughs> Somebody probably did make that, or we'll make that after they hear this. No one listens to this shit. No, no one talented true. listens to this shit. And if you are talented, I apologize. Sean Mason, Mr. Mason, you're the best. I love you, Bill. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this movie pretty much shamelessly steals from King of Comedy and Taxi Driver. So, I mean, it is what it is. I think there was actually a quote from Scorsese because he actually, like, Todd Phillips uh, uh, consulted Scorsese a lot on this. And he was actually going to be a producer on this or an executive producer or something like this. But uh, he was doing um, The Irishman at the time. He just didn't have the time. But he did put him in touch with Robert De Niro to get him in this movie, which is funny. Nice, uh, nice. But somebody somebody asked uh, Mr. Scorsese, they said, hey, have you, did you watch Joker? He's like, no, why would I? I already made it. <laughs> <laughs> so... I mean, it is yep. what it is. It is what it is, what it is. But if you're going to rip off something, rip off something Kino. And yes. and that's what he did. Um, so, yeah, I, I love this movie. It's a tradition. I to watch it every uh, Christmas Eve. Why? I don't know. I just like the movie. So I made that a tradition. So <laughs> fuck off. Okay. Uh, Joker is backdoor Kino, where it's not exactly Kino, but I do like that it can trick people into watching something that is better than they're used to. And I'm okay with that because this entire series, this entire season, yeah, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say season uh, because I like that. This entire season of Past Pixels has been me saying that A24 should lie to more people. So uh, I'm going to stay consistent here and say that Joker lying to people about, you know, accidentally watching a Joker movie, but instead it's just a ripoff of an old movie that's probably kino you know what more of it please more of it i'd like to see a dr freeze movie that let's say rips off casablanca i don't know how you do it get it done yeah i'm 100 percent for that that'd be badass i've actually said that i really wish like there were some rumors and there still are rumors about joker too and i'm like god no please no don't do this but i would just love to see them like kind of like get like a really fucking talented actor and do a freeze movie it's called freeze or do a fucking lex luther movie and call it luther i mean I don't know if you can do that. Maybe Lex. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like there's so many different ideas you could do with that. If you just get these really keno ass actors and kind of put like a decent script around them. So I would love to see that, but we'll see. Okay. Here's my pitch for Luther. Do basically the social network, except now it's about Lex Luther and Lex Corp. Oh, okay. Okay. I see where you're going with that. I hate that. That was an actual idea. Like it started off as a joke and then it was like, 
That's actually not that bad. I like that idea. Yeah, I would I would definitely watch that, honestly. Just no Jesse Eisenberg, please. Wait, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Jesse Eisenberg is still gonna play that, and then we're gonna have Andrew Garfield in it. And we're you know, we're just doing the social network again. Except instead it's gonna be like it's no, no, you know what? It is just the social network. It is just the social network, except they go back and redub Facebook out of it and they put LexCorp in there instead. And it just doesn't make sense anymore. But yeah, like it's, it's called okay. Luther. It's called Luther instead. <laughs> oh my god. So we've been looking at LexCorp and all the people that you've screwed over. <laughs> Can you explain that? It, listen, I invented the LexCorp and I can't just just dub it terribly. I mean, please. Also send um give David Fincher five percent of every ticket that's made on that movie as a thank you. Yeah, I agree. I give David Fincher five percent of every movie as a thank you, honestly. I'm good with that. Actually, you know what? I don't know about every movie. David Fincher, you're good, but like also I don't know if you've ever made a favorite movie of mine. I just feel like I'm very happy you exist, and that's a very good place to be. But like, I don't know. I feel like if anyone were to deserve five percent, it'd probably be tall Paul Thomas Anderson because his entire filmography has been bombs except for There Will Be Blood. Yeah, that's fair. I'd I'd be fine giving PTA five percent. Mm-hmm. You've sold me. You've sold me. Um, okay. I just do want to talk Joker. about a little bit of spoilers. So yes. do you have anything else to say before we get into that? Get get tricked into watching more movies, bitches. Cool. All right. Three, two, one, you get what you fucking deserve. Bah, bah, bah. Uh, yeah, so that's like the, the culmination of this movie to me is that last 15, 20 minutes or so yep. where you kind of finally, he finally gets to finally just be the Joker. He, he, and it's just a complete transformation. And that just shows the talent of Joaquin Phoenix because it really is two different characters at that point. And he does, and it's such a tense scene. I remember watching it in the theaters for the first time and literally having no idea where it would go. I had no idea if he was going to shoot himself, if he'd shoot him, how this would end. Like in the comic books, it ended with him fucking killing the entire audience with laughing gas. I knew they weren't going to go that hard with it. But (laughs) I was genuinely curious on how they would go. And it's just such a great shock sequence. And it's one of like, I just, I just love it. Just, just that, just the quick gunshot and him fucking having a giggle. And that's it, man. He's arrested and he becomes the Joker. And it's such a cool fucking moment for me. As as just a fan of the Joker and just a fan of that movie in general. My favorite thing about all of that is the shot of the panels in like the control room. And it just keeps zooming out and it keeps showing all these different TV channels changing. I was like, fuck, man, that feels good. I've never seen Network, but this feels like something that would be in that movie Network. I should probably watch Network. I can already hear Sam yelling at me. Why haven't you watched Network? I'm sorry, <laughs> Sam. I will watch I Network watch at some too, point. Actually. I do got to watch that, too. It sounds good. But yes, that is the one thing that always strikes me about that ending. Uh, I guess if we're already in spoilers, I mean, you were never, you know called? You were always one of my favorites, Murray. Oh, no, not Murray. I already forgot what his name is. But whenever he's talking to the little person, he's just like, oh, man, you know what? You're okay. I'm not going to kill you. It was the other people who are assholes. Fucking awesome. Yeah, it's cool, right? Like, I, the way I basically kind of imagine that scene almost 
Like the Joker's the Joker's a sociopath basically, and he'll kill anyone. Like he just fucking murders on a whim. And that's kind of like he's basically become the Joker at that point. He kills that dude. But he's like, nah, you know what? You were the one person that's always been cool to me. You're basically gonna be the only one I'm not gonna fuck up going forward. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. And that entire scene is great because it's basically like it feels like it could have been ripped right from the hangover or one of his comedies. It's so dark, but it's fucking yes. amazing. I, I love that. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just, it's just perfectly done. Um, the whole movie's dark. It's, 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 it's gray. I I still kind of wish that there was, uh, I I think I've told you the story of the original ending they wanted to do with that movie. Mm. Was it him killing Batman's parents? It's him killing Bruce Wayne. (laughs) Oh, that would have been so much better. Yeah, like, they basically were saying, like, at the end, they wanted to, like, do, like, like, apparently it never happened, and, like, they never was even scripted, but they were just talking about it, but, like, they wanted to do this thing where, like, after the credits, even, maybe, or, like, in the middle of the credits, you kind of get the shot back to Bruce Wayne, like, over his dead parents, and then uh, Joker just kind of walks by, and he's like, oh, kind of looks at him, and just, blam, shoots him right in the fucking head. <laughs> and that just would have been so goddamn dark and pissed so many people off. I'm kind of sad it didn't happen. I had a rule for a little bit when it came to TV where if you fuck up a kid, I'm going to pay attention. Like specifically, there's something in Breaking Bad where spoilers, 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 spoilers. And I remember after that, I was like, oh, shit just got real. Oh, my God. All right. I'm in. And that's just been my general rule. So I'm all for kids getting fucked up in movies. I probably, you know what? Uh, there's a lot of jokes I can make from there, but I'm gonna hold off on them. <laughs> you sure? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna hold off. All right, is there. <laughs> I look. Christmas just happened. I had family members like, so when are you gonna have kids? So of course I had to hit them with a, you got kids money. Are you gonna pay for these kids? Are they going to stay with you? Because they're not gonna be staying with me if you're asking where these kids are. Don't ask me this. <laughs> it's a good, a good retort actually. Oh, no, the problem like that. that my dad called me on my bullshit and I was like, are you going to pay for them? He's like, yeah. I'm like, are they going to stay with you? He's like, I got two empty rooms. Oh, well, fuck. Um, <laughs> and then I think he started talking to one of my uncles and I think I saw him shaking his head. And I was like, ah, he said, no, he was lying. Good. I'm still safe. <laughs> You're good for another uh, good for another year. Oh, my God. I feel I'm, I'm fucking sweating beads over here. I'm terrified. <laughs> what if someone actually calls me out of my bullshit? And they're like, yeah, we'll do it. And it's like, oh, God, this isn't the response I expected. Pay me 20,000 in advance. We'll do it. <laughs> Hope you enjoy that 20K. It's a, it's a it's small price to, to pay the theater for, room. The, for the rest of your life that will change. Um, the theater room is the only loud thing I want in this house. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, no, <laughs> fuck kids. Uh, specifically, little bastard Bruce Wayne. Uh, Joker's great. Uh, I love this movie. Uh, like I said, I'm inherently will always be biased about this movie. Uh, I, I, I want to put it in my fucking top 20. So goddamn bad, but I just, there's nothing I can boot out for it, but mm-hmm. it is honorable, honorable mention for me. I love this movie so much. Uh, five out of five. My favorite scene in this movie is still the entire train scene where he can't stop laughing. And then he just starts blasting those dudes. And then my favorite, favorite part is when he point blanks the last one. Um, and you know what? Point blank murder at a 10. That's a good score. Oh, one last thing I want to mention. Sorry. I know we did the scores already, but I, I've, I always love it that they talk about this, that his only genuine laugh in the actual movie is at the very end when he's in the insane asylum. Love that. I don't know why. There's just something that's really cool about that, that to think that every other laugh he's had in that movie is because of his condition. Well, 
the thing that's nice about that is because, you know, we all want the Joker to be so happy, all right? You know, the entire movie, Joker's done nothing wrong at all, ever, ever. And if you can point out one time where he did something wrong, you know what? Now you're going to be wrong because the Joker's never done anything wrong. And we're just so happy to see him happy. We need to send you for... Was that dripping with enough sarcasm? We No, we need to send them for reprogramming if they uh, they think he's wrong. So I hope the USB sticks fit. And if not, you must bring your own loop. No doubt. Is that it? Are we under two and a half hours? That's incredible. I want to see if I can cut this to 15. Let's not even, let's not even waste more time. All right. We're just going to yeah, go, go straight to end card. End card. Hey, look at you. You got to the end of the episode. From episode zero to the day that I finally get lazy and cancel the show, a big thank you to Joey Rawlings for providing the perfect name for the show. Be sure to always give him thanks either out loud as you're listening to this, or you can just send him a thank you tweet at boogeyman117 underscore. That's boogeyman117, I-E instead of Y, double O. Be sure that it's an underscore, not a dash, 117.